0: Chelsea's monkey.
1: Just die be you little monkey. Do something, tons of fun. Holy f***, is that thing waving at us? <laughs> Holy shit, it understood us. Maybe it's some kind of super monkey. Bitch, you get my back. Don't go taking this fing chimp side. What if there's more super monkeys up at that lab? Maybe they're making an army of them up there. Holy Maybe it's a conspiracy like in the X-Files! Roswell style. This little monkey could be the damn dirty ape responsible for the fall of the human race. In this world gone mad, we won't spank the monkey. The monkey will spank us. I'm not even supposed to be here today. And after the fall of man, these monkey will start wearing our clothes and rebuilding the world in their image. Oh, when only those as super smart as me will be left alive to bitterly cry! You maniacs! Damn
0: you!
2: Because it's a monkey Monkeys equal comedy And that's comedy with a K right. Why, uh, hello, it is 6 minutes and 15 seconds After the hour of 11 in this, the month of February In the year of our Lord, 2009 Thank you for coming along And making a part of your listening day Friends, neighbors, boys, girls Children of all ages Romans, countrymen Amusement seekers of all varieties Thank you for coming by uh, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970. The talker. This, my friends, is the Rick Emerson Cavalcade of Whimsy. An excursion into laughs. Uh, that laughs, L-A-F-F-S. All right. It is we uh, We'd like to join us today. 503 733 503 Seven three three two is the number for your dialing and dancing pleasure on this Wednesday. Uh, it's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. 733 you would got to get on board with your comments, questions, clarifications, kvetches, ruminations, ponderings, limerick, haiku, iambic, pentameter, whatever it is you've, uh, you've got there. 503 733 Richie Bristol standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, or the mundane. All right. Here's what is uh, coming up today. Seeing a radio correspondent, Lisa Desjardins uh, will be joining us uh, from the Hill today. We have the prep sheet, Sarah Dillon. Yeah, I give it
1: back to you. Yeah, I don't think you it? did.
2: I oh. think it's a world gone mad, Sarah, where you think you've done something. And you haven't done that thing. Aha! Uh-huh. You thought it was one way. It's really the other way. And
3: Tyler reassured me that yes, all four. Goodbye. All
2: right. <laughs> uh, seeing a Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins will join us today from the Hill. I guess. Uh, well, I don't guess it was on. It was on the new. It was on the big talking magical box in my television that gives me information and fun. So I guess Barack Obama signed the uh, signed the stimulus bill into uh, the law. So really, just look out your window now and behold how nothing gets better. So that we'll talk to Lisa about that. We've got a radio course by Amanda this is thir- Moyer.
3: Does two thirty mean two thirty or eleven thirty mean eleven thirty? That's how I want to know I'm sorry? So do you want to jump right at thirty? Do you want at thirty
2: five? Yes. Uh no no no, we'll say eleven thirty. We we're okay. gonna we're gonna create you know what we're gonna do today, Sarah? We're gonna plan our work and we're gonna work our plan. Because that's the way to success in this topsy turvy world of ours. In uh in the midst of this economic maelstrom, Sarah, really the only way to mon- uh, to monetize and to create ancillary revenue streams. And to really own this new media, and to try to bring ourselves up to speed in terms of penetrating the tertiary demographic skew. Well, first it's with monkey stories. And then also it's uh, staying on schedule. So that's Lisa Desjardins coming up today. Then Amanda Moyer will join us from the CNN Radio Center in Atlanta. She's talking about Facebook. Because uh, I guess Facebook was doing... Something. I don't know what it is with that side, man. Here's, by is the that way...
3: something creepy? Are they stealing people's, like, pictures? Here's like
2: the thing. It's not just... A, well, it's not It's not stealing. It's that you don't own it. I mean, that's the thing. Like, nothing on Facebook belongs to you, which everybody should, should realize, like, the minute you sign up. Like, that it, none of it belongs to you. That it all belongs to them. Mm-hmm. So... But it's like the 17th time that Facebook has had to change their terms of service because somebody got all jacked up about something they saw or something that happened and threatened some class action suit and Facebook said, oh, I guess we'll stop that creepy thing we were doing if you really insist. and if There's a There of
3: photographer friends on there who um, took down all their pictures so they yes. guess Facebook can keep all the rights to any picture that you have. Of yeah, them. well,
2: you know, for the longest time, if you used Hotmail, anything you sent through Hotmail then became the property of Microsoft. Bam! For the win, Bill Gates... Wow, that's creepy. Well, their whole thing is like it's a free service. Don't use don't use it if you don't want to come if you don't want us to own everything. Um so anyway, so I guess they had to revise this wasn't like the last Facebook thing though where it was like every time you bought a dildo everybody in 15 counties got to see what all your purchases were. So, they're modifying it yet again. Well, that's a, good, uh, that's a good opportunity to talk about Facebook because we're going to do the big uh, Facebook status synchronization here in just a moment. Uh, we have another exciting installment of Facebook poetry coming up today. Uh, let's see. What else? Well, we will get some other giveaways, but we'll, we'll get to those in a second. So we'll do the Facebook stuff here in just a moment. Uh, we'll talk to C a radio correspondent, James Roop, about two things. A, the upcoming uh, Oscar awards. And we're going to be giving away tickets to Oscar Night America, the celebration of the Hollywood Theater, which is happening this coming Sunday. So we'll talk about that, the SAG... Uh, uh, negotiations are going on right now, I guess California's just firing everybody everywhere from every job by the way. California, in this sense, really is a microcosm uh, for the rest of the country where on the surface, everything seems to be going really well, and then behind the scenes Schwarzenegger's just he 's just silently directing the i t department to turn off everybody 's key card access at five o 'clock today let 's see what else do we have We had something oh and Steve Katchenbaum will join us today. Did you see the thing about the crazy beheading, uh, the crazy allegedly beheading guy?
1: Yeah. No. Oh, you
2: will, Sarah. You will. That's coming up today. Uh, let's see what else. Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com will be joining us to talk about celebrity nudity. I do believe Katie Daryl from TMZ will be joining us today. Guys, we didn't get to her yesterday because there's a whole pile of things we were doing yesterday to amuse uh, the people. Let's see what else. Oh, and our good friend Dave Schmitke will be stepping into the uh, the news desk today as well. Plus, I got these stories in my hand. This, such late breaking news, I haven't even had a chance to categorize it yet. Hmm. How about this one? 911 tape captures chimpanzee owner's horror. As 200-pound-eight malls friend, So this is sort of a follow-up.
3: 200-pound-eight?
2: Well, this is the the, the one from yesterday. Well oh, I was is thinking,
3: a, like, a cute little like 50-pound chimp. I didn't realize it was, like,
2: bigger than most humans. It's bigger than you. I mean, it's... It, it, and
3: that was a pet to somebody?
2: Well, so they thought.
3: Oh, man. Pet's
2: a bit of an elastic term for that, Sarah. <sighs>
3: the,
2: the best part, by the way, and let's just be very clear about this. Let me try to calculate the amount of sympathy I have for the chimpanzee owner. Oh, can't even be registered. Because this is like the 50th story we've had about a chimpanzee that goes insane and pulls off somebody's genitals. Mm-hmm. You know what? You've lost your right to complain, friend. Get a chia pet. If you if you own something that's more than likely going to kill you at some point, uh, you then forfeit the right for anybody to feel bad for you. Uh. but this is like we had that story. That, well, the the the, the, the 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 sort of the archetypal chimpanzee story. was at the zoo last year. Try to put a party hat on the, the... They're trying to put a little... Like a like a wacky conical party hat on the chimp to celebrate its birthday at a card table with a tea set and a raggedy Ann doll. And it's, you know, it's like chimp is pulling out your tongue and then kicking you in the junk. So, anyway, so the chimp is 200 pounds. And as I never tire of pointing out, a chimp can deadlift 1,000 pounds with each arm. That means just from a standing position with no additional uh, you know leverage, not a running start, it can just reach down with an arm and pick up a 1,000-pound weight. Oh, and it's got two of those arms. Oh, and it's also not a pet. And it's got razor sharp teeth. And it's not a pet. Anyway, it's all worth it for this right here. You've got to send the cops. He's eating her face. There you go. That's great. So we'll get to that. Uh, Let's see what else. Uh, Religious nutcase watch. Uh, Double religious nutcase watch. Triple religious nutcase watch. Really, it's a good time to be us. Uh, and then finally, I've got this thing from CNN last night that ties into the story from uh, the Waukesha Journal. There's apparently a real, a real bustling newspaper there in, in Wisconsin. It's all about sexting, Sarah.
3: Oh, another sexting story? Uh,
2: Sarah, sexting is what the young people are doing now. See, it's like texting but with a side of sex and I heard Dave Zinn and one of the guys from Jammin having this long sort of detailed discussion about sexting the other day when I think they were unaware that Bridget and I were listening and so that was awkward but not as awkward as John King last night who was filling in for Anderson Cooper and here's the thing, don't get me wrong, I love CNN, I love Anderson Cooper and I love John King but it's like when they do the, the sort of crossover where like Anderson Cooper's on vacation and then John King is sitting there and they have John King, who was the guy with the magic map during the election, where he's going, and even if John McCain wins all these states here, and we zoom into this part of Nevada, and you blow this county up, and you look at this guy's house right here, who's a superdelegate, McCain still can't win. They've given him Anderson Cooper's chair for the week, and so he's having to do... Because Anderson Cooper is this great mix of like hardball, hardball politics and just sort of a tawdry smut, which is great, because he does it flawlessly and with his hair perfectly coiffed. But when John King does it, it just sounds absurd. And so I brought in some of the audio that I was... Your kids might be doing it. It's called sexting, and it could turn your child into a pornographer. So I brought the audio. We'll get to that. Uh, And I think that may be it in in terms of sort of teasing. So we've got a whole bunch of other stuff to get to. Um, Be thinking about this, uh, you you kids out there. Be thinking about making a scene, which is a bit we haven't done in a long time. It's a contest that that we do sporadically. We're going to bring it back today. This coming Sunday at the Hollywood Theater, Sarah Dillon, uh, Tim Riley, myself, and Richie Bristol as Rochelle Crystal alongside Darcell, we're going to be at Oscar Night America, uh, which is at the Hollywood Theater this coming Sunday. And of course, again, the performance Legendary Hollywood Theater on Sandy uh, for the screening of the Academy Awards is, is Oregon's only sanctioned screening of the Oscars, sanctioned by the Motion Picture Academy of Arts and Sciences, or Arts and Sciences. Academy of Motion Pictures, whatever it is. It's the only official Oscar screening. And it's kind of a it's kind of a to-do, uh, I'm told. Uh, so, I mean, tickets are like 50 bucks a head, too. So, but we are going to be giving away pairs of tickets today and tomorrow. And we're going to do that via the mechanism of making a scene, uh, which is uh, one of our favorite contests, but one we don't do very often because it's kind of tricky. So the deal is this. Later on today, uh, we will take a random caller. And if you can act out uh, th- th- over the phone without any sort of visual aids, and you'll be on your honor with that, if you can act out or recreate a scene from a film, a scene or a speech from a film, over the phone to us uh, from memory. You win yourself a pair of tickets to the Oscar Night America Spectacular, which is coming up this Sunday at the Hollywood yeah. Theater. It really is. I've already got my tux reserved, Sarah. All right. Uh, let's see. Well, there you go. And there's uh, that. It's 503 In just a moment, we'll do Facebook synchronization. And uh, we've got uh, Lisa Desjardins joining us at the bottom of the hour. We are joined today. As always, by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dylan, who's never felt better, who is oh, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed.
3: My throat is killing me. Is it's sure, that thing it's where like
4: you swallowed a bristly pine not, cone that's on it's fire? It's the
3: same thing as yesterday. It's just like, it feels really awkward and gross. But I had like the greatest night ever last night. But
2: back to your throat for a second. Yeah. Is it that thing where you've, but it is, it is like a pine cone, but it's one that you just... did not just, like I've
3: swallowed a cotton ball and it's like stuck in my throat.
2: But is it a cotton ball that's on fire?
3: Yeah, it doesn't really burn, but it just feels really awkward. It feels like it's a cotton ball covered in, like, dust. And it's just, like, stuck in my throat, and as much as I clear it, it's
2: not going away. Now, let me ask you this. Uh, I'm sure you've already considered this possibility, but what is the likelihood that you, in fact, just do have something stuck in your throat? Why not you very likely. I mean, I guess it would have been...
3: Yeah, can I... It doesn't feel like something, but it feels it feels as if. Like, it doesn't feel like there's anything lodged in there. Can I
2: ask you a question? Because I don't know a whole lot about the human body. <clears throat> As I think, there was that whole awkward discussion about. Well, anyway, uh, we've had several discussions on this program that underscore the fact that I my grasp of anatomy is, is somewhat uh, it's uh, tenuous. I would say I don't really get how your throat works, and here's what I mean by that. I mean I, I understand how you speak and your vocal cords and your larynx, and there's like a little flappy flap thing that that keeps you from so like when you so you can drink and talk, but n- not at the same time or whatever. Do you ever do that thing where you're eating and it's always to me it's always a tortilla chip. You're eating a tortilla chip and there's like the little and it always feels like a perfect triangle. Like in my mind's eye, it is a tiny perfect miniature tortilla chip that becomes stuck in my throat. Let me ask you this. When you have something stuck in your throat, do you feel like you can actually like you can feel the corners of that piece of tortilla mm-hmm. chip jabbing? Okay, but where is that? And how is it that you can feel the corners jabbing into your throat?
3: But it's in your body.
2: Well, that isn't okay, that's that's very You, here's the thing, you were really cute just now when you said that, because it it was almost like a really helpful six-year-old. But it's like, but that doesn't make any sense. Like, your throat is big. Your throat's like, you know, your throat's like the, like No, it's pretty small, isn't it? I don't really know, but your neck is big.
3: Yeah, but there's a lot of stuff in your neck besides your throat. Like what? It's not just a big hole. Name one
2: other thing that's in your neck, other than your jugular vein. That doesn't count. You don't know. There's nothing else
3: there. Like tendons. It, you're
2: making that up. You don't no, have they a tendons. These are your
3: neck tendons. Like, look, this is all Neck
2: tendons. That doesn't even sound accurate. But <laughs> it bit, But it sounds convincing. So how big is your actual throat as opposed to your neck?
3: I thought your throat was like...
2: So you're saying... Because I was thinking like the diameter of like your arm. Like your throat was like your arm. Are you no, thinking I think smaller? think
3: it's a lot smaller.
2: Not like a pencil.
3: No, but I mean, if you can joke on something like, you know, like a lifesaver. Oh, that's it a can't good be... point.
2: No, no, but see, I always thought when you choked on a lifesaver or like your George W. Bush, a pretzel, I always thought that that's not because of the size of your throat, like, per se. I always thought that that was because the, that little door in your, in your, you know, the flap or whatever, the, 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 the thing that, so when you uh, drink water, it doesn't go into your lungs. I always thought that that, like, sort of directional, whatever that thing is, the opening that closes and opens depending on whether you're speaking or drinking, I always thought that that was like it got caught on the door somehow that like you got like the swinging kitchen door in your throat and it like a pretzel got caught in it. That's what I thought that was. I didn't think it had to do with the size of your throat because my thing is, it, and everybody has you had really this Do you
3: really genuinely think that your throat is that big? Like well, that big? But, but
2: here's, I guess maybe not because my, and ev- this is relatable because everyone has had this happen, where if you get like a piece of tortilla chip caught in your throat, it's like every edge of the, of the chip is jabbing into your throat at once, which to my, like again, in my mind's eye means that my throat is actually... Like the size of my pinky. Because otherwise, how could you feel the... And, like, where is the chip poking exactly? And how is it actually caught in your throat? Like, if your throat is, is not... In other words, it doesn't make any sense. Like, how would that... Is it stuck halfway down... Like it's falling down and your throat is gradually getting smaller, and then like John McClane in Die Hard, it just sort of grabs a panel on the way down.
3: Well, just like it's in your body. I mean, I'm sure it's like just squishy and maybe just hooked on something.
2: All right, we have to quit talking about this. Yeah, because it's gross and frustrating. Yeah. All right, uh, I'm sorry. So, how was your night?
3: It was amazing. I went and saw uh, the Airborne Toxic Event with uh, Chris Paddock, this band, and the opening band I can't remember their name, but they were really good as well. So, Chris Paddock is people who knows people. Yes. So we went out and um, had drinks with, like, my friend Weaver and Sarah Wagner and her brother. And so uh, we all had a couple drinks and then went to the Wonder Ballroom where that show was. So Paddock and I get there and we're watching, you know, the opening band. And uh, he knows somebody from some record label, which is how he got us on the list. And it was somebody, he was supposed to go, like, talk to one of the opening band people like, thank him for it. And we ended up talking to him. He gives us backstage passes. So we ended up going downstairs and hanging out in, like, Airborne Toxic Events Green Room. And, like drinking free wine and hanging. where out was with, this at at the wonder ballroom ah, okay yeah and so uh anyway we're just hanging out there and then like you know those guys get done um they get off stage and so um you know paddock is like schmoozy man so of we're course. hanging out with all the bands working and stuff. the room and we all decided to go to the water trough to play shuffleboard which is like this you know trashy bar on hawthorne so it was just surreal so i'm sitting there with paddock
2: wait the water trough play shuffleboard i thought that was like are you talking about Swickley's? isn't there like a
3: no swickley's doesn't have shuffleboard but it's right down the street. It's right down the street court. I'm confusing right the two door. places. Yeah, okay,
2: that's that's what I'm thinking of because Lara goes there. Yeah. It's it
3: so surreal because you know how, what a big fan I am of an airport toxic event. So I'm sitting there with Paddock, you know, eating nachos and having a beer while looking at the guy who sings sometime <laughs> around midnight. I'm like, this is the weirdest. This is my least. life. No, I know. And the whole band is, you know, like milling around and, like, yeah. drinking hams and playing shuffleboard. And I'm like, I just, you know, I've watched their music video about a billion times. Sort of an
2: I love Portland uh, kind of It was moment.
3: really cool. It was cool. And got to, yeah, chat with the singer for a second. And, um, yeah. And it was it was a lot of fun. Excellent. Needless to, right. to say, I'm exhausted and my throat hurts. So uh,
2: my throat fun. I yeah. ate an entire jar of uh, of uh, ranch uh, dip with uh, half you? a bag of tortilla chips and a viso, and then I played Left 4 Dead for two and a half hours. Yin-Yang. Kind of Hello, Richie Bristol. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I am fantabulous. All right. So we didn't get a chance to talk about your rave thing yesterday, but you know what? Here, Let's not confuse that with me actually caring about it all that much, because I don't know that I do. I'm just going to say this: it's kind of a busy week for all of us, because we got today going. I don't even. I think tomorrow is my slack day. I don't think I have anything going on tomorrow, But Friday or Saturday. I know we're going to Darcell's at some point, and then on Saturday, we got uh, the the Film Fever Radio things, their awards, and then Wednesday 13 is Saturday night, and then Sunday is the Oscar thing. So I don't know that we'll have the time to talk about it, but it, it, at some point we're going to talk about the dates uh, that, everybody, uh, you know, that everybody, you know, everybody's bringing to the Oscar thing. Because I know it's, like, Sarah plus one, me plus one, and then Richie, like, i have to bring somebody. bringing five hot women. Well, I'm not bringing anybody, so don't feel like you have to. Okay. But Richie's apparently going to be accompanied by, like, a bevy of sluts. So we'll talk about
3: Are that. Are you serious?
2: Yeah. It's not really a bevy. It's more of a gaggle of Okay. It's a murder of sluts. So. <laughs> All right. We'll take a break. Back after this with Lisa Desjardins. Don't go anywhere. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Or as Omar would say, indeed, uh, it is the Rick Emerson radio program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. And I got a special uh, surprise for you later, sir. So. Awesome. Welcome now to the Rick Emerson show from the Hill. CNN radio correspondent to the stars, Lisa Desjardins. Hello, how are you today? Hey, guys. How are you? I'm good. Hey, do you use the, uh, the Facebook... You know,
5: I I just got on the Facebook, like, maybe a week ago. All right.
2: And it was it because of peer pressure, or was there an edict uh, that came down at CNN?
5: Yeah, it, it, no, no, it was not an edict, but it was just general. Everyone was like, what? You've got to be kidding me. You're not on Facebook?
2: Yeah. So
5: I, I finally did it.
2: I, uh, I've resisted. Uh, and here's the thing. I'm just, you know what it is, I'm already I'm already anticipating whatever the next thing was, because it was MySpace, now it's Facebook, but then it'll be something else, I'm holding back, I'm going to be like really on the bleeding edge of whatever the next thing is. And it's not that stupid Twitter thing, I'm not doing that. Uh, and I don't mean to disrespect people who are using Twitter, God God bless you, not for me.
5: You know, it turns out, uh, we just just came up at a meeting of like that yesterday, that Twitter, the number of people on Twitter is actually very small.
2: Well... Here's the thing. No, never mind. It's just
5: everybody talks about it. It's got, it's got a little buzz.
2: Yeah, but here's. I'm going to tell you right now. This is why Twitter's not going to work. Uh, this is why it's not going to last. Uh, except, uh, it, it's the same reason that like, uh, what is it that uh, what is it that Sinatra said to uh, JFK? You know, we will never have a president named Hubert. Uh, <laughs> you just can't imagine there being a president <laughs> Hubert. I mean, it's not going to work. And I mean, President Barack Obama, like that works. It's very linguistically strong. But It's like President Norman.
5: Babies love it.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's not going to work. Um so the thing about uh, Twitter, here's why it's just not going to have much penetration unless they really overhaul it, because I do believe... Now, I might be wrong about this. Sarah, you're down with the young people and their 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 wiredness. Uh, kind of. So when you're using sorry, Twitter... Sorry. Oh, you, sorry. Go ahead. I'm just going to say, when, you, when you're using Twitter... I don't Twitter,
3: know a thing about Twitter. I don't understand it.
2: As I understand it, though, when you... Twitter is the actual service. Like, that's the whole thing. That's the, that's the, the, the name of the company, and that's the, the the deal. But when you send an update... You're not sending a Twitter. You are sending a, wait, tweet. a tweet.
0: Yeah.
2: Not going to do it. Grown no. man, not going to send a no, tweet. No, no, no. I'm not saying I'm better than it. I am better than some people, but that's not – that's <laughs> nothing to do – they're separate issues. I'm not going to send a tweet. It's not going to happen. Here's uh, here's here's why you know that sort of thing doesn't work, because when the Microsoft Zoom first came out, and they've subsequently changed this, by the way, but when the Microsoft Zune first came out, um, as in how soon will there be an update to this because this one sucks – There was this thing where, like, if there was another Zoom user right next to you, you could, you know, you could kind of beam a song onto their player. They couldn't beam it. But they didn't call it beaming. You could. I swear to Christ, this is what they called it. You can squirt a song to someone. No. No one's gonna do that. That
5: is weird.
2: No one's gonna do that. Even if it's cool service, not gonna happen. That is uncomfortable. Exactly. So uh, people, uh, grown adults, aren't going to tweet. Uh, Whatever the marketing department (laughs) at whatever your corporate, and I'll guarantee you this right now. Eh, you work at a corporate. You work at a radio corporation. There's some guy right now going. Eh, we got to figure out how to uh, monetize it. It's not going to happen. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Save your save your investigative dollars, sir.
5: I guess uh. the choice is probably between should we make each communication a tweet or should we make it a twit. And uh, there you go. I should totally have That's that.
2: I should, I'm should. i going to tweet you something right now. Hold on.
5: Exactly. Jesus. And that is a lose-lose all
0: right.
2: for a
5: company.
2: Um, So just for everybody after listening, in a moment we'll do the Facebook synchronization. Uh, we're going to have everyone in the world uh, who is listening to this program synchronize their Facebook status message in just a moment.
5: Oh, uh, really?
2: Uh, yes, they're what all going. What
5: does it mean? What happened? Uh,
2: we direct everyone. And today, Sarah, it's you. Uh, you've got to come up with the phrase today. It was yesterday. Uh, so you gotta come up with uh you gotta come up with today's uh we uh, direct everyone in the audience to go to their Facebook account, go to their Facebook status, and then adjust it to direct everyone to listen to this show.
5: Oh, wow. That's really cool. Well,
2: here's the thing. I'm going to tell you right now, I stole it from Mike O'Mara. So uh, that's, awesome. I want to give that's credit where awesome. credit's due. The thing is, he doesn't do it every day, though. They only did it once. They did, yeah, that's he, how...
5: really, he really doesn't understand Facebook at all.
2: No, and that's how genius that show is, is that yeah. like what I will take and then use every day because I have no content. Uh, <laughs> like, they just do once because they got more content. They got content coming out their ears. That's so, right. So uh, they just did it passingly. I'm like, I will do that every day until five <laughs> minutes with it. Uh, all right. So in any event, hey, so I saw the, the footage last night of, of where Obama is signing the stimulus bill into law. And he was not sort sure of there's really inappropriate cheering, though, where everybody's like, ah, whoo, it was like they just won the pennant or something. Yes,
5: yeah, there is some really uh, crazy rock star cheering still with him. And even today, he was in Phoenix, and he, he announced this foreclosure plan that he has. And, and I don't know, Is it? I always feel like it's a little cheesy when I play cuts on your show. But, uh, but here, here, was, here was the term today.
2: Why don't you play a cut, and then I won't hear it, but I'll pretend that I heard it, and <laughs> then we'll have a relationship based that, on lies. How about perfect that?
5: Perfect and hilarious. Okay. Perfect. All right, here's the cut. That is for the announcement of the Obama foreclosure plan. I mean, it was, re- it was like a NASCAR race.
2: First of all, let me uh, give those folks a little word. That word is called Proportional. <laughs> That's something they need to learn right there. Also, the Obama foreclosure plan sounds like he's coming to your house with a crowbar, and he's busting down the door and putting you out in the street on Christmas morning.
5: <laughs> uh, yeah, it does sound like that. No, it's it's all negotiating with banks, but the government is putting up a lot of money, you know, 75 billion. But the way it's going to work is people who qualify, it's going to be about four million people, supposedly on the brink of foreclosure. But they can people who can prove that they will be able to meet uh, future pavements, and people who can prove that.
2: How can you prove that you? Will I know meet,
5: it's, it's, a, it's, they're going to have to look at their income and. No, but they, they, yeah.
2: that's ridiculous. You can't prove <clears throat> that you will be doing something in the future. That makes no yeah. sense. That's just illogical. <laughs> someone hasn't. Someone doesn't understand how the space-time continuum
5: works. <laughs> I can. Prove the future.
2: Really, I'm gonna prove. Here's the, the. Why don't they just skip right to the bottom of the page and prove that in the future we're over. You know, we're victorious over the over the the Skynet uh, software and that Sarah <laughs> Connor is safe.
5: I don't know. They Jesus. should. You're right. I, I don't
2: understand this country. I really don't. <laughs> so is they're it...
5: gonna, They negotiate and the government is actually putting up, uh, giving banks a thousand dollars for loans that they renegotiate. And the ultimate goal here is to get these four million kind of foreclosure risk loans to a place where people are paying 31% of their income, ooh, bless you, 31% of their monthly income for their mortgage. Some of these people are paying half of their income now. Their mortgage is just way more than they can afford. So banks are supposed to bring down that uh, mortgage payment to, say, 38% of income, and then the U.S. government, under this plan, will pay uh, uh, a couple thousand more to bring the mortgage payment down to 31%. So we are, the government will be paying essentially the lower mortgage rates for the next few years for people. Has
2: anybody asked the government, I say as though it's one guy, has anybody asked the government what seems to be a really uh, frequently asked question, which and look, maybe there's an answer to it. There probably is. The answer probably is that most people are idiots, and you shouldn't trust them with anything. But has anybody just stood up and said, like, why aren't you just giving this money to consumers since you keep warning? Since like right. you, it's like you can't do both. You cannot on the one hand get on television go, you've got to go buy stuff now. Come on, buy some stuff. <laughs> right. But then on the other hand, you have Susie Orman going, girlfriend, don't you spend that? I mean, right. it's like what? Tell me what to do.
5: Right, our savings rate is too low. So is our
2: spending rate. So I don't. Yeah, seriously. So really, the the only answer there is that we all need huge raises now today. Yeah, that's it. Immediately. Like, I mean, and I and I'm kind of, I'm being kind of flip about it, but really, honestly, I, just tell me the answer. Yeah, I mean, but uh, look you. Please forgive my. I know you've answered this question before, but you. I don't know if you ever. That's what your degree is in, but you you studied. Uh, you know. You know the the, the money stuff.
5: I, I do have an economics degree. Bizarrely.
2: So like, yeah. what, what what is the answer? Am I supposed to spend or save?
5: there's no answer because it's such a mess the that's the, the, great. Tr- the truth is the economy does need to expand and what's the federal if you if you take your cue from the federal government you're supposed to borrow so that you can spend which is what the government has done that's great borrowing billions and billions to spend it you know i th- the government's not saying and when you ask congressmen this should people spend or save they're pretty mom. They, they, they tend to say we want people to spend money they have right now because yeah. we need to get the economy out of it. That, that, that's kind of where they are. And that's because they're spending tons of money.
2: Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, hey, by the way, just uh, two things here. Uh, one, David Gergen, uh, who, who, hey. whom, who, who I love. Um, he Wouldn't was... he
5: make a great Muppet? Just by the way, I hadn't
2: really thought about that, but I suppose I
5: think you would
2: uh, did you ever see by the way that that uh, that woman who came on and uh, on cNN and she was uh, she had written this sort of blog entry all about it was like an ode to David Gergen. No. And, and it was like some alt chick, you know she had like the weird Lisa Loeb glasses and lots of makeup and you know, it was kind of hot in a sort of alternative gothic kind of way, and then she came on and she read this whole love letter to David Gergen and she said the greatest thing that th- immediately uh, I agreed. She, you know, like sometimes you can get those alarm clocks that wake you up with the sound of like a like a stream or a foghorn or something or like, you know crickets, and she's like, you know, I just or that lulls you to sleep with the sound of like a breeze or like you know yeah. chirping birds. She's like, you know, I want an alarm clock that lulls me to sleep with the warm, mellifluous tones of David Gergen talking about the economy, because he just has such a soothing sort of cadence to his voice. But um. But last night, Gergen was all over the, uh, you know, that we're already going to need, like, the son of stimulus in a couple years, and, like, grandson of stimulus bill in a few years. That this, you know, that this, uh, you know, the, the, the sort of talk about this is the beginning of the end, or the end of the beginning, or whatever it was, notwithstanding, that this is just shot one, and we're going to get multiples of these.
5: It's very possible. We certainly know that that seems to be what's going to happen with the auto companies, that yeah. they they now say that they need, I think,
2: $15 billion more. Seriously, I, I mean... And that's got to be – I mean, as much as I sort of rail on the auto companies deservedly, so that's got to be the worst – that's got to be a real Hobson's choice there because on the one hand, like, you know, you can keep giving the auto companies money even though they already told you they're going to fire people. I mean, like GM or somebody or Chrysler or whatever, they we're, we're going to fire 20,000 people. Also, we need $4 billion. <laughs> Or you can just say no, and then, like, everybody loses their job, which is just the worst.
0: Yeah.
2: I'm so glad I'm not the president, and that's a thing I don't say very often, because normally I would just use that power to imprison people, but yeah. I'm so glad I'm not the president, because that, that, that choice is just a suck right and that's there. And
5: it is. is they fire 50,000 people between them, GM and Chrysler, and they need $15 billion as well.
2: Good God. Hey, uh, final note here, and then we got to uh, skedaddle, as they say. So... Speaking of Gergen, uh, so I was watching uh, Anderson Cooper last night, but he's on vacation or whatever. So it's John King, who I love. Oh, great. And John King with his magic map. I love that guy. So I say this with all due respect, but it's like Anderson Cooper does one kind of show. John King is a different kind of reporter. Yes,
6: yes. And right. you're
2: trying to jam the two together like a like a bacon soda. And so <laughs> last night I, I brought the audio, but the audio is actually less interesting than I thought it was. It was just sort of absurd. Uh, with the, the But they're talking about this thing. Here's a ma- here's a term that no one really uses unless you're uh, unless you're some uh, scaremonger TV reporter sexting <laughs> No one sexts first of all because you can't say it There's no sexting which I suppose is like teenager sending ra- by the way they're like your teenager may be sending racy text messages they could be in danger of being child pornographers <laughs> they actually said uh, on CNN. But no. The, no. They did. They, I wait. It's too late now, but I'll bring it, I'll play it for you the next time you're on. I brought the audio with me. But it's here's the greatest thing about it is John King saying sexting, first of all, and then in big letters on the screen, like sexting in huge red letters. It might as well have said like sweep Uh <laughs> but, but then on the screen, on the cell phone, they have, because I guess this is their depiction of like what it's like when a teenager sexes. So on the cell phone, you see them typing in you are hot with two Ts, send. There you go. I guess that's what sexting, uh, th- th- that's what passes for it these days. But, and that but, is
5: really hard to say.
2: But they did have the whole thing about, like, teenagers are sending racy messages, but some are in danger of running afoul of child pornography laws. Hmm. That's when, seen, and then they make away to the end of the hour, you know. So, all right, well, in any event. Wow. So, there you
5: go. I don't. Wow, yeah.
2: Uh, and, so forth. Right. <laughs> and, so on, and so forth. On, on that note, uh, if you're on tomorrow, I'll play you the sexting audio. Okay,
3: hey, that's perfect. Please All right, me. we'll talk to you then. All okay, right. great. There go.
2: Sexting, Sarah.
3: That was so efficient. That's what I. We got to her on time, and
2: well, you know. Now we have
3: time for Amanda.
2: That's uh, that is the hallmark of the Rick Emerson radio program. Oh, hey, let's do this Facebook synchronization right now. Okay, We're so waiting I for of uh. We're waiting for Amanda. Okay, let me find the. Uh, you know, I don't know where the hell I put this. It was gonna I was gonna use the mutual. The phone's doing that thing where it's ringing in here.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Wait, let's see if it does it again. No. Okay. Uh, let's see. Let me find. Uh, let me find the sounder. We'll use. Let's say. What about this one? I I that one? Wow! 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 It's so loud. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It's my fault. Okay, we'll use this one instead. All right, it's time to do our uh, Facebook synchronization for today. All right, ladies and gentlemen, now is the time you go to your Facebook account and sign in. You are going to update your Facebook status uh, to shamelessly whore this, the Rick Emerson radio program, to any and all who may see your status. All right, uh, Sarah, do you have the message? Yes, I do. Uh, I'm all clearing right. my throat. Okay. All right. See, now I'm doing it. Now I'm doing like a sympathy throat thing over <laughs> here. I'm like, uh, um, hold on. See, now, one second.
3: Ooh, at least I cover my mouth.
2: There needs to be. What's the point of that? Why would I cover my mouth? You're already sick. (laughs)
3: That's true. And we're in a small breathing in all this gross.
2: Room with no air or vents. Not that I'm Uh complaining, but I'm just saying, um, it's cozy. So uh, now is the time that you update your Facebook status uh, message. Go to your Facebook account, log in, and right now you are going to update your Facebook status to say the following: Sarah.
3: Um, let's see, Sarah. Is listening to The Rick Emerson Show on www.970.am dash baby Jesus will thank you.
2: All right. So there you go. So please now to change your Facebook status to this blank Uh, wants you to listen to The Rick Emerson Show at www.970.am dashes or dots? Dash. Dash. The baby Jesus will thank you. Again, one more time. Please now update your Facebook status to the following message. Blank. Your name. Wants you to listen to The Rick Emerson Show at www.970.am. The Baby Jesus will thank you. Let's welcome now to The Rick Emerson Show from the CNN Radio Center in Atlanta. Atlanta, Atlanta. Ladies and gentlemen, our good friend Amanda Moyer, how are you today? Hi, I'm
7: well. How are you
2: today? I am fantastic, Amanda Moyer. That's how I am. Well, that's
7: good.
2: Hey, we were... So, actually, and I really honestly didn't do that intentionally, but let's pretend that I did. Uh, We were just talking about Facebook moments ago. Uh, So, Facebook, it says Facebook Flap. But This is a story that we've heard like nine different variations on uh, over the last three or four years. Facebook seems to be doing this. Here's why I don't trust Facebook. Because they keep doing that thing. Facebook is like my dog. Where well, I will sit there on the couch, and I'm sitting there on the couch, and I got, like, uh, you know, some snacks. Like, I'm sitting there, I'm eating a handful of bugles, let's say. There I am at a handful of bugles, and my dog, Max, will sit there, and I will say, look, stay over there in your, and, you know, and he has, like, a little den. I'll say, stay in your den. You don't come out until I'm done with my bugles. You stay right there. And then I look over, and he hasn't, like, left his sort of blanketed, like, little area, he, but, but he's moved about halfway off the blanket. And then I look over, and he's moved, uh, like, halfway toward me. And then he's by the edge of the couch looking up and I'll say, no, no, bad dog. Go over there. And he'll and, you know, and he'll go back to his little den area and he'll lay down. And I go back to watching TV and then I look up and he's like halfway over to my, you know, but nothing you notice right away. But it's like he's halfway there and then you got to go put him back again. That's what Facebook seems to be doing, because first it's like, and hey, we're going to tell everybody everything you buy. And people say, stop that. And, OK, we're going to tell people everything you're doing. Stop that. We, we own everything you post stop it you know and it's they, but they just don't ever get the lesson right is that so that's what is the latest iteration of this
7: it is kind of like that, especially considering they backed down, which was a surprise uh you know I spoke to a number of experts security experts and privacy experts and they couldn't believe that uh, Facebook actually changed their terms of use policy back to what it was after making this change and causing all of this controversy. But basically, that is the latest. They've gone back to their old policy, and uh, they said that they're going to clarify it. They even posted a a forum for users to come and talk about what their new terms of policy should be, and uh, they said that they didn't mean to upset everyone.
2: And and it's one of those things where they either – they either knew and didn't care uh, that they did this, or they just figured they wouldn't get caught. You know what I mean? Like, like, maybe nobody will notice it. And I was comparing this earlier. There was a thing that Microsoft did some years ago, uh, and this is not, like, a long time ago. It was maybe three years ago, four years ago, where if you used the Hotmail account, so if you had, like, Amanda Moyer at Hotmail.com, there was this thing buried in the terms of service or TOS that anything you sent via Hotmail, Microsoft owned. So, like, if you were Stephen King, let's say, and Stephen King was sending you a copy of his new book to read, you know, because he wanted your feedback on it before he submitted it to the publisher. Stephen King sent this book through Microsoft's Hotmail. Microsoft owns the new Stephen King novel, like, like, technically speaking. And somebody finally, like, looked through and they went, wait a minute, this is no. And so the Microsoft would go, well, fine, we'll change it back. But clearly, like, that doesn't get in there by accident. Like, somebody, there was a lawyer somewhere who had to draw that up. Somebody intentionally put that language in there. So it was with Facebook. So you're right.
7: I'm sure it was not an accident. And privacy experts when you talk to them, they say this happens all the time. It goes under the radar when you when a company changes their terms of service like that. You're right. It has to they have to think about it and you have to go through lawyers and you have to be very specific wording. So when you do that, most t- companies do this all the time, like you said email servers companies uh even the companies that you work for when you send an email at work technically the company you work for owns all those emails that 's why I say they say don't send anything that you wouldn't want everyone to know at work and um, that was kind of like what happened here and uh most likely it would have flown right under the radar, and nobody would have noticed but because a blogger saw it and then posted it, it started drawing all this this controversy, but most likely the average person wouldn't have seen it, no what it meant, or cared.
2: Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, and I was going to ask you this thing about, about Blagojevich. I don't really care except to say that here's the weird thing about it is that in a weird way, Rod Blagojevich was kind of right when he was just kind of doing nothing thinking that maybe the storm would pass and he wouldn't get booted out. If he'd managed to, like, stick it out another two weeks, probably, he wouldn't have gotten impeached because we have just a short, a short freaking attention span in this country. Like Larry Craig from Idaho learned the same thing. They, you know, you just kind of hang around long enough. People sort of forget whatever it is you did. Um, so th- now I know that – so Blagojevich is out, and then so there's this uh, – this Roland Barres, who's the you know U.S. senator – now they've all. Now everybody sort of turned the cameras on him because there's some. I don't know. They're thinking he lied, or they're thinking or they're thinking he didn't disclose something right, or he committed perjury. What is he? What is he being suspected of?
7: Right. All the attention is on him. Apparently, he had three conversations with Robert Bogolevich, who is Rod Bogolevich's brother, and they were about campaigning and uh, raising funds for Rod Bogolevich and the thing is that he should have, the, he should have told the House Impeachment Committee in his testimony during the impeachment trial, he never mentioned that he had these conversations after the election that they asked him to raise money. He just kind of left it all out. And then last week or over the weekend, he sent, Burris sent out an affidavit clearing up his testimony to then say that he had these three conversations with the former Illinois governor's brother about fundraising and then he said that he ultimately declined it.
0: Though.
2: By the way, I don't know anything about them personally, but Rob and Rod Blagojevich, I'm telling you right now, they strike me as like two big knucklehead brothers that cheated hockey. I mean, you know what I mean? It's
7: so hard to say their names; to get
0: confused.
2: Seriously, I just picture them as being, like, enforcers for the mob or something. They you know, were Rob and Rod, but sort of wacky. Like, they're kind of wacky twin brother, like, like, knee breakers. You know what I mean? Like, there's a, like, where one of them has a, one of the, like, they're, like, uh, they're sort of, uh, you know, like, they're henchmen, uh, you know, for for the man. And they come and they uh, they wacky around when you're late on the vig or something. But one of them has a kooky hobby, like he collects artwork, uh, you know, from, like, 15th century China or something. All right, on that note, um, uh, I have nothing else, so we'll end this now. Amanda Moyer, always a pleasure. Thank you. All uh, right, there you go. All right, that's Amanda Moyer. She giggled at the end. That was a, that was a sincere giggle. She found me funny. She did giggle, and I heard it. It's because I'm amusing, Sarah. <clears throat> Many people find me enjoyable. Do they now? No. <laughs> it's 503-733-2970. Uh, all right, so a couple things. Don't forget, we have uh, uh, actually twice today. We're going to do two pair of Oscar night America tickets today. Uh, so here's the thing you've got to be thinking on. Uh, we're going to do another exciting installment of making a scene, which is a contest that we love, but we haven't done in some time. So the deal is you will need to uh, perform from memory uh, over the phone. And it's got to be a substantial, there's not really a time limit, but it's got to be a complete scene or speech or section from a film. You've got to be able to do it from memory on the phone. Uh, so you've got to act out a sequence, scene, or speech from a film. And if you can do that, uh, you win a pair of tickets to Oscar Night America, Oregon's only Oscar Night America event, officially sanctioned by the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, fundraiser for the educational programs of film action and the preservation of the Hollywood theater. Uh, such celebrities as Sarah Dillon, Tim Riley, Darcelle, Rochelle Tim Crystal, Riley. I'll Be There, Jay Malone, Rod Hill from K2. So it's, uh, it's all very exciting. So
1: that's coming up today, and
2: those tickets uh, are available at filmaction.org. Uh, but... Uh, what with these trying economic times, you'd rather win them, uh, your chance will be coming up. So we'll do that.
3: And you get to see Tim. Come on. And you get to
2: see the four of us together again, sort of mm-hmm. like the Rat Pack thing. And uh, Richie and Drake With Liza Minnelli. <laughs> <laughs> Richie would be – there you go. I was going to say, like the Rat Pack reunion, but with Richie as Liza Minnelli. Well done.
3: Um, right. He can borrow my gold dress from the picture. The uh,
2: – well, he's wearing the uh, – He's wearing the, the plum one or whatever. Is that the thing that Darcell picked That?
3: Oh, yeah, like the blue bluish pink one.
2: And then $1,200 of jewelry belonging to Darcell, who, by the way, looks like he would probably beat your ass if you so much as uh, it scuffed one of those things. I'm just saying, Richie, you want to uh, you know be careful. I would be
3: afraid to borrow um jewelry from I He's just such a
2: legend. No, there's no and I'd, I'd, I know that I'd lose it. And he'd have me killed. That's the thing about <laughs> Um. All right. So uh, let's see. I'm trying to think. Should we break here or should I do Facebook poetry or... Should I play you uh, the surprise?
3: Play me the surprise. All right.
2: we had this the other day. Uh, We mentioned this, I think, Friday, and I never got a chance to play it. We ran out of time on Friday. So you had mentioned on Friday, Sarah Dillon, uh, let me see, where did it go? It's right there. All right. Um, So you had mentioned on Friday that you were a fan of curling, Mm -hmm. uh, the sport, and and I said like have you ever seen the Portland curling team? And you said no, I didn't think they did that. Said, in America. And I said no, no, no. There's an Olympic, there's an American Olympic curling team. First of all, you, you gotta call Lloyd Center and find out when the curling team practices there because it is so soothing to watch. It really is. And I, I love when
3: watching I, the people with their little brooms. But and, and they're is, in front of it going.
2: Totally. And it, it it is like watching one of those one of those is those Japanese rock gardens where it's like sand and rocks and like a little wooden rake. You know mm. what I'm talking about? It's like that, but it's like it's like a Japanese rock garden that moves itself because it's like those because those are stones, the huge polished stones with a metal handle on top that they then slide. And, uh, you know, you get to see it and then you can go have yourself some kettle corn. So uh, but there is a U.S. Olympic curling team who got a a fair amount of attention, I guess, maybe eight years or so ago. Uh, So uh, so this is for you, Sarah, Dylan. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you, without further ado, and then we'll come back after the break with our good friend Dave Schmidtke. Coming up later on, Katie Darrell from TMZ. Uh, will give away Oscar and America tickets and uh, so forth. This is Jonathan Colton and Curl. Somewhere in
0: the darkness, there's a man they call the skipper. Fast asleep, dreaming of gold the sun does even though
2: got such a good heart. He really does. Wrapped in a whole layer of creepy. Alright then. Why hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for coming along. It's 503 733 Did you watch this uh, Prego shuffle thing?
3: Oh yes I did.
2: Isn't that the worst thing you've ever seen that in your life? terrible. To the point that, I... here's the thing, we'll play it later because it's only 45 seconds long. It doesn't really work all that well probably, just audio because the... It, what it is is I'm just I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna like be trying to be serious about it. It's a bunch of pregnant women. It's from a workout video, like an aerobics workout tape for pregnant women. Well, you know, fine, whatever. I mean, you're gonna be pregnant, okay? You're gonna work out, great. You need a video for that. That's also wonderful. Here's what you shouldn't do uh, in your workout video for pregnant women. You shouldn't have a lot of these uh, pregnant uh, white women rapping about how they're working Wearing out.
3: Wearing sunglasses.
2: Seriously, they're sunglasses oh, god. and saying it's time to do the prego shuffle, which by the way sounds like you're doing a dance to a spaghetti sauce.
3: And then there was a reference to kegels at one point.
2: Something about it's great for your pelvic floor.
3: Oh god.
2: I'm really more worried about uh, I'm more worried about my uh, about my pelvic antechamber, uh, but that's just me. Uh, so it, so the audio is is awful. In the sense that, like the recording of it is okay, like the, like the clarity, the fidelity of it is fine, but okay. it's just there is. isn't I can't believe I'm complaining about how they produced a, a pregnant woman rap song. But there's no lead vocal; it's all just them chanting. It's, and they're just, all
3: chanting at different times. Totally so we can't and, understand it.
2: And of course, you'll find it's hard to believe they're lame and have no rhythm, so that isn't working either. If you all remember the Super Bowl Shuffle from Jim McMahon and company years back uh, from the Chicago Bears, th- th- this is like that, but it's just the chorus part. Where they're all like, yeah, I'm here to do the Super Bowl. Oh. just that. Like that's the way it sounds. So I almost wonder if I almost wonder if I should like somehow have somebody do a lead vocal over the top of it at some point so they can understand. Because you can tell the people who put the YouTube video up know this because there's like subtitles. They put the thing there. Do you have it queued up? No, I was
3: just looking for it and I started watching.
2: Um, if you can find it and cue it up, we might have. because like, so it's only 45 seconds. I'll just read the video that accompanies this, and then we'll welcome uh, Dave Schmidtke to the program. Rick, about the Prego shuffle. I had to watch it, so here's something to horrify you. Ah, the late 80s. He says that wonderful time when anyone and everyone jumped on the rap bandwagon. So why not shoot an exercise video with pregnant women in leotards rapping? Bonus, part of their mad rhyming skills utilized the word waddle. And here's what is a waddle?
3: Waddle, isn't
2: that when you? I thought right here, Dave Schmicky's pointing to the chin, chin. I thought it was right the waddling there.
3: waddling and then waddle, like. Oh,
2: because she says it takes care of my waddle. I was like, <laughs> thought you were talking about chin, <laughs> but you're talking about a waddle like a weevil.
3: Yeah, especially if they're like, you know, carrying a baby on the front of them, probably waddling around.
2: If they're all distended, like the uh, octomom. Ugh. Uh Anyway, so it's uh, the rap contains the words waddle, pelvic floor, and Kegel. Extra bonus for Rick, and it might apply to him. The video ends with a voiceover that says, "Before we continue." Make sure you can carry on a normal conversation without being winded. He says, you're welcome. I give you the Prego Shuffle. Uh, so let me know when that's uh, ready, and we'll go ahead. And...
3: Yeah, it's almost cute oh, up. All right.
8: Up. It's, uh, in the
2: How meantime,
8: you, Dave hello, Shmicky? Dave Schmicky. Well, I'm doing well. I'm Sarah Dillon, Rich Emerson. I almost called you Rich for some odd reason. Do you look, know why? Are you, you okay? You look a little freaked out. <laughs> you're a little manic today. I feel a little freaked out today. Is somebody on or off his meds, maybe? <laughs> Yes, my
2: liquid medication. I'm just saying it wouldn't be like the first time that somebody came in the studio, and by somebody I mean Sarah or myself or Don Taylor, uh, yeah. who was on or off their meds, and so the news that day was extra interesting. <laughs> I right. bet it was. I'm telling you, we'll play this no, we'll play this prego shuffle thing for you later, and you'll you'll recognize that it's gold. All right, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let us begin
8: this the news hour with him, Dave Schmitke. And now from the CBS Radio Center in downtown Portland, this is the news. Well, in University Heights, Cincinnati, speaking of pregnant ladies, a woman who is nine months pregnant was charged with felonious assault early Friday morning after she allegedly stabbed a man in the chest with a kitchen knife. Angry pregnant lady. I think the most interesting <laughs> thing about this pregnant lady is her first name, Toinette. Toinette Woods, 20, University of the Heights is accused of stabbing her boyfriend around 5 a.m. That sounds crude, doesn't it? It it sounds like it should be one of the seven words you can't say.
2: punch her right in the toinette. (laughs) That woman is a real toinette, let me tell you. I'm going to start saying that right now. Toinette. Yeah,
8: Yeah. toinette.
2: Toinette. Anyway. The cutest little toinette you've ever seen. (laughs) It just seems wrong, but it's not. All right,
8: excellent. Yeah, someone that's actually right. purposely named their kid Toinette. So. Yeah. be being such a Toinette.
2: <laughs> Come over there and cuff you. <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead.
8: Oh, anyway, <laughs> see, Toinette's boyfriend told her he, that he was cheating on her, and uh, apparently uh, that didn't work out too well for Toinette. Police <laughs> records say that Woods, also transported, Woods was transported, that's the boyfriend, to University Hospital because, oh, no, wait a minute. She is so near her due date that after she stabbed her boyfriend, she had to be taken to the hospital.
2: Because <laughs> of all the excitement and yeah.
8: I'm going to guess he's probably not going to be there in that. <sighs> he won't be in the waiting room pacing around rolling up his cigarette cups. Butter yeah. knife sticking out of his chest. And is a <laughs> toinette like a real, is that like a smaller version of a tuan? <laughs> I don't want the whole tuan. I'm not that hungry. Maybe just a Toinette for me. <laughs> and a salad perhaps.
2: Toinette. Right.
8: Well, uh, you know. Anyway, the victim who was not identified was transported to university ho- University Hospital with minor stab.
2: Who would name their daughter Toinette? I don't know anything about her. I don't know what she looks like. I don't. I have. I don't know her. Uh, her, her religion, race, creed, yeah. something, something, whatever the nine other things are in the CBS, uh, you know, how to get along with people book. I don't know anything about that. I'm just saying. It's like naming your daughter Tankeray. Just doesn't. It just yeah. it doesn't really work somehow. Hey, let me ask you guys a question. You all are learned people. As we were, uh, we were in the break and we were talking about. There is actually a pretty great commercial we're running right now for the uh, for, for the Oregon State Lottery, mm-hmm. and it's you know it's that thing where it's like the guy and it's a whole like you know not to be used for purposes of investment and the guy's doing the thing where he's like he's, I guess he's drawing numbers or whatever and he's like oh this number is not yours this number is nothing this number is a five but that doesn't you don't win any, you have a five but you don't win anything with that sorry not yours is it's actually really great, but you and I were talking about you know gambling and you know blackjack and poker and all the different odds or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was talking about something, something playing blackjack where the odds are higher. But then I realized, I don't know if that's accurate. Do I mean to say the odds are lower or higher?
8: Well, lower would be better. Higher against, higher that I would win, but h- lower against me. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like, I think if I got this right, and I'm not a big gambler. I, mean, I do buy, I do spend my dollar a week on, on Powerball. But, you know, that's more for daydreaming purposes than anything else. But I think as far as like in horse racing, the odds are higher. The, the, the chances you win are lower, but when you do, you make more money my porn name is going to be powerball by the way just <laughs> because that's my oh. job oh, I'm, so
2: uh, but but it's more of a linguistic question it's like we always have that discussion here when somebody says well it's all downhill from here mm-hmm. like is that good or bad we never have figured it out
8: no i don't know walking downhill is a lot easier than walking uphill I if, suppose. like if somebody were to, like, uh, like let's say at the midway point of this program we were to stop
2: and to assess its obvious genius and say to ourselves uh, you know, well, and so, you know, the, you know, it's all, it's all downhill from here. Like you might think to yourself, well, that's bad. Cause then it means the quality is going to go down, but then you think, well, you, you don't want to say it's all uphill from here. Cause then it sounds like it's all just work and it sucks. Yeah. Well, I it,
8: don't know. It's like hit the ground running. Have you ever tried that? No, I don't know what that means. What is that? Is that like a military thing? Like if you are jumping out of a helicopter? I I don't know, but I I just I'm trying to think how that would even you would even do that. Let me ask you this,
2: okay? Here's and this is really where I'm leading. This is the ultimate resolution. I believe all of this. In fact,
8: I won't even I won't even put you on the spot, Dave, because you're you just walked in here and you're a little freaky. Only one side of my headphones is working. That's why I'm a little freaky. Is that true?
2: Yeah. Hold on a second. No, Nobody no, ever tells me anything, for no, the love of God. It's so hard to... There's the no way to off air, but it's freaking you know, me out. It's so, it's so hard to, to find good people. Richie Bresto, can you join us, please? No, no, no. You, see, you totally should have... Hey,
8: we're... are we not... I thought we were... booby. <laughs> I thought we were family. I thought we were close. I th- there's another set here, but... I thought... I thought... I, I, I want to be, uh, you know... A... I have a large head, and so it won't reach my... We're all professionals here. Ginormous... Bean.
2: And we all understand exactly how much it can. We all understand how much it can throw you off when your headphones aren't working, Sarah. And, I, and I'm deaf
8: in one side, so that happens to be the side where they're working. <laughs> so here's what you oh, sound no. like to me. Now, really, to be
2: fair though, you know you can take those headphones off and turn them around. Okay. Wow. Anyway, but no, 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 Sarah and I've talked about that. If you come in, like Sarah left her headphones at home one time. Uh, oh, and it, it throws you off. People don't, you know. I'm not. It just throws you, as you said, it throws you off. It's like Jordan had to use different shoes or something. It's like it, 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 people don't understand that if you're using headphones and your headphones are changed or different, you it can, tell can screw the whole thing up.
3: Them up. I can feel it if someone has just put them on their head for a second and then put them
8: back exactly where they
2: were. <laughs> that, all right. So are those working?
8: Right. Yeah, well, you know, it's a little weird. I can hear now, but the other there's a gap on the other side, but it, it'll be all right.
2: Please forgive me for conducting all this business uh, on the air, Richie. Do we not have? A pair of guest headphones that works?
8: Uh, I fixed
3: those. They Obviously not.
9: You know,
2: <laughs> no, that you, but you didn't. That's yes, why you yes. had to, because they weren't working in one here just now. Yeah, check it out. I, you know, Richie, you don't have to check it their their out. Work, I trust that I Dave might. is not making it up. You don't have to check it out, right? works fine. <sighs> I don't it, All right, right, let me listen. All right, Sarah, will you I'll please come, come and be the up. judge of this All right, before we continue?
8: All right. I, uh, um, it does not work. <laughs> yeah, Richie. I'm gonna to default to trusting Dave. No, oh, all right. So yeah, yeah.
2: So yeah but working in one ear. <laughs> what do you mean? That's all that's supposed to. So that there are two. I fixed it. See, this no you can't here. say they're broken and then say. <laughs> here you go. Here's... I fixed it and then say they're not supposed to work.
0: <laughs> this is exactly like Tim's. But, yeah. Okay, but the,
2: everyone is not. First of all, everyone's not like Tim, and Tim preferred them only in one ear because so he wanted why? to do a Gary Owens thing. Okay, but you do realize that earphones come with two sides because most people have two ears and want to use both of them.
1: Oh, and his uh, head's too big for, the, for the other the love of God. Well, DJ only uses one side. All right, we're gonna.
2: Okay, Let's here's the thing. Break. No, 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 We're not breaking. What we're gonna do is we're gonna stop that part of the conversation, Richie, and we're gonna move to this part, which is where I say, "Do we have a pair of guest telephones that works in the real world, not like in Crazy Richie Land?"
9: Ah, uh, you didn't get the memo, did you? Actually, I'm. We're putting
2: out a PO right now for two more. So there there is no other pair of headphones.
9: So you're looking at it. I'm 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 cutting and I'm taping the ones we have to make shift so we have something. Those ones I brought from home. This one's okay. I cut and I Taped oh Richie, Look,
0: see, he's
2: giving. All right, no, no, no. Okay, well, now I feel bad uh, for being luxury. I didn't know. See, I was to understand. Uh, yeah, see, I, can, I just
8: yeah. can't turn my head to the left.
2: Oh, for the love of Christ!
8: <laughs> <laughs> all right. It's, well, that's, that's great. That's not Richie's fault. I got a big head. No, no, no. 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 It's, 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 it's huge. Maybe if I move to the right a little right. There bit. There well, you go. Well, thank yeah. you, thank you, Richie. I yeah, appreciate it. There you go. That's all right. There you All right. I'm really sorry that I brought that up.
2: No, 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 no. I'm glad you told us because we thought you were just mental. Which is, it's not like
8: it. It's not like it can't
2: also be the case that yeah, you're mental but
8: it's true but that's right. why i was looking at you kind of funny when i first started talking well you know that uh you know that
2: 29 percent bonus isn't going to cover itself in new york
8: today. so we got to uh we got to cut corners here it's uh
2: baby needs new shoes all right uh anywho well i was all leading up to this before this whole debacle with the headphones happened. by the way during the break i'm gonna go fix that uh somebody's red wagon is going to get painted during the break we'll take care of that if you Ooh. believe you me um so i was going to ask this and I will start with Sarah because Dave is crazy and half deaf and also has headphones that don't work. And let me ask you, let me ask you this. If something were to happen, oh, let me stop again. Are we, do we have a new pair of headphones? From where did these come? Richie, where oh, he, did we get
8: these? These feel really,
2: really good. What do you mean? We okay. found them. Seriously, uh, where did they come from? Matt, Matt Green hooked us up. All right. Here's why. Oh, awesome. Here's the only reason I ask is because there was this incident about a month and a half ago. Where somebody needed some headphones and they just went into the Playhouse Studio and just took like, like took a bunch did of stuff. Did they ever stuff. find out who did that? Uh, I don't know, I don't. Uh, but I'm just saying, like we don't want to be those guys. Like you don't want to go be pilfering through people's crap. So all right, thank you Richie, I appreciate you taking care of that. All right, thank you Matt Green and Mrs.
8: Calabash. All right, Dave, are you able Do to your hear? These
3: fancy headphones, aren't they better?
8: Wow, I mean they're soft, but you're not gonna believe this. It'll, I get them on both sides if I hold the cord up like this. <laughs> wow you know at this point in time though i'd say let's not worry it wait uh, what? are you sure that it's not the jack
2: well yeah i tried it
8: on this jack first and then i moved to this one what could make this better there you go oh yeah oh that's now we got it now thank you Richie. are you hearing the orchestral popcorn I in have. both ears <laughs> that is that is the solution some tape Bingo, we're set. Thank you. Love Thank a you, sweet you. gravy, Almighty. <laughs> All right, only the best here at CBS. A oh, love of God, <laughs> only the best. All right, it
2: is five zero three seven three three It 503-733-2970. 50. This is what you call cume to core, uh, Dave Schmicki. This is how that ten share is achieved right here. You know that that yeah you know, that TSL doesn't just make itself. Uh, you you give genius to the people. All right, so just real quickly, I and I because I wrote Sorry. this down, but I do want to get to this. Only because it is a follower to our higher or lower, uphill, downhill, the the, the linguistic thing. And plus, language is sort of an obsession of ours. Uh, Not unlike the late, great George Carlin, we spend a lot of time thinking about words. Sarah, Mm -hmm. if I were to describe to you something that happens every other month, how would you describe that event? Um, In other words, there's something like once a year is annually. If something is every other month, what is it? I don't know. Do you have a guess? I
3: was going to say... Bimonthly,
2: but that's twice a month. See, but is that twice a month?
3: I don't know.
2: Neither do I. You know what? I asked five people this morning and no one knew.
3: Did anyone else say bimonthly?
2: Everyone said bimonthly, but then somebody else would say, No no no, I think it's twice and then somebody would say, Well, if that's twice a week like if bimonthly is every other week, then what is every other month? And I said, I don't know the answer. And but see no one knew.
8: It's not quarterly, obviously. It's I have somewhere no idea. between quarterly and bi-monthly. But what if you didn't even do it in terms of quarters?
2: In other words, what if it's every other week? Is that bi-weekly, or is bi-weekly twice a week? Twice a week, I thought. Then what's every other week? You want to say bi-monthly, but that can't be the case. That's what I'm saying. Think about that. <laughs> All right, like a whole Escher painting made out of words in your head. All right, taste the colors with your mind, brother. All right, here's Dave Schmick, ladies and gentlemen.
8: Well, in Edmonton, uh, Canada, Graham Nickerson is 27. Graham Nickerson? Graham Nickerson. That's a porn name in Britain. Well, And that might be just the case, because Graham has worn women's undergarments at least once in his life. However, he was really drunk when he did it on August 16, 2009. Uh, eight. <laughs> that hasn't happened yet, <laughs> unless you're in my world. Nickerson pleaded guilty Thursday in provincial court to unlawfully entering the home of a senior citizen and stealing a pair of oh. disposable Depends oh. underwear.
2: So not actual just grandma panties,
8: grandma's special absorbent panties. Exactly. <laughs> Oops, I cracked my pants. Um, it was Saturday, and the Cape a Sable Island man was returning from a party somewhere. Um, he said uh, to his lawyer that he got lost in the woods and lost his trousers while relieving himself. These are the wrong trousers. Hey, my George, where's my trousers? I don't know what you're doing right there. I have no idea. <laughs> this is Canadian. I don't think they sound like that. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> was, was that your Canadian
3: accent?
8: I was doing a Wallace and Gromit thing <laughs> there, I think, but then again in a bad accent. So I was doing somewhere caught between Graham, uh, you know, one of the pythons and one of the other pythons, and it just got lost. Speaking of, Nickerson was just wandering around when he came to a small home along the narrow dirt road in Clyde River. He didn't know who lived there, said his lawyer. He walked right in, and that's when he spied a pair of women's disposable undergarments. It's all very very off putting. All right, (laughs) let's
2: just get some of these. Hello, hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Radio program. How can I help you today?
9: Hi, Rick on KCMD 970. Hey, I wanted to run a movie by you and see if you've heard it. I saw it uh, two nights ago, and it was awesomely bad. It was called. Killer Clowns from Outer Space,
2: dude. Killer Clowns from Outer Space, written and directed by the Kyoto Brothers.
9: Yes, where the where the clown puts his hand inside the cop and
2: treats him like a puppet. It's a fantastic. Uh, it's oh. a fa- it contains the gra- here's one of the greatest lines ever. It, actually, Killer Clowns from Outer Space has two great lines. One is where they're talking about again Killer Clowns from Outer Space, and really there's no explanation needed. It's all in the title right there. It's where the guy goes, Why here? Why now? Why clowns? <laughs> that. And there is the greatest moment in killer, killer Clowns from Outer Space, which is really a great film, um, where these clowns, and again, they're not like human clowns. They are alien clowns. They're aliens that look like clowns, and they come down in a big circus tent that flies, and it's all creepy. And they have these pies that they throw at you, but the pies are some sort of toxic chemical. And when they throw the pies at you, they just melt you into like just, you know, a pile of just. It's like the Wicked Witch of the West. It just melts you into a pile of goo. And there's a great sequence where there's like. A security guard standing around somewhere, I forget where. And he looks over and there's a bunch of these creepy ass clowns holding you know, holding all of these like pies are gonna throw. And he says the greatest thing and it's all in the delivery, he goes, What you gonna do with them pies, boys? Which is like a thing that my friends and I said for about a year and a half after seeing that film. Just every time you'd answer the phone, what you gonna do with those pies, boys?
9: So... <laughs> That's awesome. I'd also like to add how awesome I think it is that uh Sarah's... Revolted by the idea of being pregnant. And she, you know, that's supposed to be the most glamorous thing of being a female, but I, I think it's awesome she's revolted by that.
4: Yeah, no, it's, it's uh,
2: you know, you're going to get a real healthy glow, and plus you'll be stretchy. And it's just not, so let me ask you this how did you come to watch Killer Clowns from Outer Space? How did that come together?
9: Um, boredom and flipping channels.
2: Where, where, where was it? Who was even playing that film?
9: It was on uh, Dish Network, and it was some really weird channel they have now that just has creepy. Weird outer space movies like that. I Excellent. wish I could remember the name of it.
2: That uh, No, that, uh, that is, uh, is quite a great film. And if you get the special edition, there's a hilarious commentary from the Kyoto Brothers, who are just these nutcases, uh, who finally got the money to make a movie, and that's what they did. Hey, are you a fan of the movie RoboCop, sir? Yes. Uh, the Kyoto Brothers, before they did Killer Clowns from Outer Space, were most notable. They did a lot of those fake commercials that played during RoboCop. Uh, like when they're watching TV, and the, you'll see the uh, like the sunblock 7000 or whatever it is. The Kyoto brothers did most of those. I'm glad you saw Killer Clowns from face. face It's a great film, sir. Thank you. Uh, a great, very best show ever. Thank you, my friend. There you go. It's also got one of the most terrifying sequences. It's legitimately scary. Where a, a mom and a, a daughter, like a mom and a daughter, are sitting at like a fast food place, like a like at McDonald's, and they're sitting there. And you know, outside those fast food places, there's always like little play play area for kids. And it's at night, and the mom. Like, gets up to get something or other, and the girl is, like, you know, she's, like, probably seven or eight. She's, like, a little blonde girl, and she's eating, you know, hamburgers. And she looks over. She looks out the window, and there's this clown staring in the window at her in the dark. And he's doing that thing where he's, like, curling the finger like the come here. Yeah. It's, like, the freakiest thing you've ever seen. <laughs> Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello.
10: Hello, Rick Emerson. Hello, sir, Dylan. Hello.
2: Hi. Hello. 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 Hi. Uh, I want
10: to do a scene from a movie for us uh, we even get Oscar night tickets.
2: Now, do we we didn't solicit, but I suppose because you're the first, we'll do it now. What is the movie you're going to do, sir? Shaun of the Dead. Really? Yeah. All right. Now, you feel confident about this. You can do this from memory. Uh, yes, I can. In memory and, of course, a clean for the air, sir. Yeah. All right. Uh, all
10: right. Any, any F word will be replaced with uh, FRAC, Battlestar Galactica. So.
2: Okay. Fair enough. Hold on <laughs> a second. Uh, all right. Uh, let's see here. I'm back up here. All right. So, uh, and then we'll do a second uh, round of this later on. So, this is... Making a Scene for Oscar Night America 2009 tickets. Hosted by Rick Emerson, Sarah Extill, and Tim (coughs) Riley. Richie Bristol, uh, Rochelle Crystal, Darcel will be there. Jay Malone, Rod Hill from K2. Uh, Of course, it is happening this Sunday at Portland's Historic Hollywood Theater. Find out more at filmaction.org. Filmaction.org. All right, let me get the music here. And, uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, it is time for you to make that scene. Go ahead.
10: So what's the plan? Right. We'll take Pete's car. We'll go over the mums. We'll go in, take care of Philip. I'm so sorry, Philip. We'll grab Mum, go over to Liz's place, hold up, have a cup of tea, and wait for all this to blow over. Why do we gotta to go to Liz's? Because we do. She dumped you. I have to know if she's okay. Why? Because I love her. All right, gay. I'm not staying there though. Why not? If we do hold up, I wanna I wanna be somewhere familiar. I wanna know where all the exits are. I wanna be allowed to smoke. Okay, we'll take Pete's car. We'll go around Mum's, go in, deal with Philip. Sorry, Philip. Grab Mum. Grab, uh, go to Liz's, pick her up, bring her back here, have a cup of tea, and wait for all this to blow over. Perfect. No, 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 no. Uh, we can't bring it her back here. Why not? Not exactly safe, is it? and not with the state of things. Where's safe? Where's familiar? Where can I smoke? We'll take car, uh, go to Mum's, kill Phil, sorry, grab Liz, go to the Winchester, have a nice cup, or have a cold pint, wait for all this to blow over. How's that for a slice of fried gold?
1: Yeah, boy! Wow.
2: <laughs> well done, sir.
10: That's probably my favorite movie of all time.
3: And so. that's strictly from memory.
2: That I've is, a,
10: a, I've seen the movie at least probably a hundred times.
2: That is really impressive. And and you're <laughs> and if you know us, you know I mean that sincerely. I mean that from the uh, the bottom of my heart. Well done, congratulations, my friend. Uh, you are going to Oscar Night America 2009 at the Hollywood Theater. It is this coming Sunday, a fundraiser for the uh, uh, Film Action Group uh, and for the Historic Hollywood Theater. You can find out more filmaction.org, and uh, that's where you can get tickets as well. And, of course, uh, all four of us are going to be there. Tim Riley will be there, Darcel, and so forth. All right, congratulations, my friend. I'm going to put you on hold, and uh, Richie Bristol will get your information. Congratulations. Thank you, sir. All right, there you go. But well, we should break now. That was just that was great. That was uh, that really was itself a slice of fried gold, is what that was. Wonderful. All right, back after this. More with uh, Dave Schmitke later on. Katie Darrell from TMZ will uh, join us. For your phone calls and more. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. Here's the drive-by truckers. The Emerson Radio Program. Bow before its glory. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Would like to uh, join us. We're here with Dave Schmidtke coming up later on. Katie Darrell from TMZ. Uh, Mr. Skin from MrSkin. dot uh, Let's see. We've got the Facebook poetry still to get to. Uh, another installment of Making a Scene. We've got another pair of Oscar night America 2009 ticks. Uh, to give away, as they say. We'll do that and, uh, and so forth. I was going to tell this real trashy thing. Uh, I don't know if it's trashy or not. I guess it is. I'll just say... Let me ask you this, Sarah. I was, tra- was going to ask, do you believe this to be trashy? But, of course, it is. The question of how trashy, like, on a scale of 1 to 10, is this. Because, you know, the whole thing in Southeast is, like, you don't need to throw anything away.
8: You just kind of put it out, like, in front of your house... Like I don't know what general area of town you live in, Dave, but well, it's. I lived in Northeastern Concordia for 11 years, and that was uh, exactly the same yeah, thing. You, you, you
3: said something out for like five minutes. And
8: you, you, down. you couldn't even. You would turn around, and you'd hear it going in the back of a, a Fred Sanford truck. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Down, down, down there. You know. Completely. That's With just a big, like, take if want sign in yeah.
2: front of it. And uh, that's how we get rid of everything now. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, because then it's, like, easier, especially if You don't know have to something... go to
3: the dump or anything. Well, you that's... Just, like... But you have to, we can't put it right in front of your house because you don't want the landlord to you know that it's so You have to, like, put it down the street
2: well,
8: I don't even know where the dump is. People say that, like, let's go to the dump. Where is the dump? Well, they don't even call them dumps anymore. They're called transfer stations. But, I mean, where is that? Well, yeah, up of, up of uh, in uh, North Portland. So there actually is one. There's like yeah. a real, like a place where you can go.
2: Because I'm old enough to remember that there was just like a landfill. big hole in the ground. Sure, yeah, No, it, it was behind the Knights of Columbus Hall in my hometown. Knights mm. of Pithills. And so, and so you would go, you would go, my dad, uh, like every now and again, he'd clean up the garage, you know, and then we would go to the, the landfill, which again was not, and when you think landfill, you think like, so one of those things you see on TV where it's like in, in New Jersey, where there's like cranes and, you know, and like, backhoes this one this is a huge it was basically just a canyon yeah. that they just decided to fill with trash because they're morons and so, then they light it on
8: fire sometimes yeah. they just sit there and smolder just for to, days on end to amuse themselves because it's just you know
2: as as he says in groundhog day yeah rita they're hicks so <laughs> that was our thing so we would just go and my dad would get the truck and we would just toss everything into literally a big hole in the ground and then walk away why not so but, but we were throwing away with something it was like a vacuum cleaner or something that kind of worked but not really. Didn't work well enough to keep using it. But it, but it like it worked well enough. You didn't feel right throwing it away. Mm-hmm. And we have a Roomba anyway. And the Roomba, by the way, not just a novelty thing. Uh, that Roomba, that works. Yeah, they do work. That cleans like an MFRU. You that that Roomba that gets that house uh, just uh, both uh, both spick and span. It is fantastic.
3: Yeah, I wanted to borrow your Roomba. Sometime.
2: really I didn't know that mm-hmm. I'll totally bring it's, the Roomba in really
3: okay that'd be so cool
2: no it's it's Does my
3: vacuum cleaner like I, I have to vacuum over and over and over again like my vacuum doesn't work very
2: well no the Roomba is great I mean uh, you know it's like the only you know like with all things whether with all vacuums the only downside of the Roomba is like it works so well that then you gotta turn it over and clean it out and you know it doesn't have a bag or anything you yeah. gotta clean up the track dogs must love it um actually you know uh, my it's a whole thing I mean, my two dogs are just a study in contrast it's like uh you know the cartoon the Warner Brothers cartoon where there's the big hyper dog And then there's like, you're right, Spike, Spike, you're right about everything. You're you're always right, Spike, you're the man, Spike. And then Spike is like this tiny little dog dog. Shut up. Those are my dogs. Max, who is miniature and who just totally runs the entire joint. And then Philo, who is huge, is actually so tall he can stand above Max without touching him. And Max just like, oh, yeah. No, Philo is so tall he can stand over Max and not touch him. But Philo has no idea. Like, neither of them knows the sizes. So they both think that Max is gigantic and Philo is tiny, and so they act that way. And so Philo is scared of everything, and Max bosses him around, whatever. Anyway, so Max doesn't – it doesn't matter, but like Philo, it's like literally a car will drive by, and he'll run into the bedroom and hide. So that doesn't work out very well, but, you know, whatever. i got to clean. So – the Roomba is great, but we, so we, were, you know, we had this old vacuum cleaner. I'm not like, a Kirby You've got to clean,
3: like, it's taking a big effort on your part. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, I can't. <laughs> Turn the button on on the Roomba. <laughs> yeah.
2: Get out the fire, <laughs> Ethel. We're going to clean. I got
0: to clean. I yeah, can't just yeah.
2: move all the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you know, so I, you know, he'll either get used to it or he won't. I mean, I don't like the fact that he's terrified of it, but, it's like, he'll, he'll have is to. He's getting any better. No, but, I mean, you know, but it's like, you know, he's just going to have to learn that things in the world make noise. Get used to it. Right. I mean, look, I, you know what? No, none of us are having a real good time in this life, but we're all here anyway every day. So, you know what? If, if we can all muscle through it every day, so can the dog, who has far fewer worries than any of us, really. I mean, that's so. Um, anyway, so we have this vacuum cleaner, and it wasn't a Kirby, which would be, a Kirby is good enough that you pay to get it fixed. Yeah. Right. This was just like regular generic vacuum. So my wife's like, you know what, I'm just going to put it on the curb. And sure enough, put it on the curb. Literally four seconds later, it's like some sort of beam goes up in the sky, like a, like the bat signal. Free stuff. Guy appears, sticks at the back of his micro bus, and drives off. So that has now become our preferred method for getting rid of stuff that is just too big to put in the trash. I or that acquired you
3: acquired an oscillating fan off of the side of the street. Acquired.
2: Mm-hmm. You acquired an acquired. oscillating fan.
3: Yeah, I acquired. It's a really cool oscillating a fan. fan? A fan. An oscillating fan? An oscillating fan. Uh-huh. But it's, like, all 80s colored. Like, it's an oscillating fan, but it's, like, it has a blue pole and, like, a red bottom, and the screen is red, and the blades are bright yellow.
2: That is fantastic. You got to put little cool. streamers, like little oh, plastic uh, tassels sort of on the monster. front of it. Awesome. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, so that's become the preferred way to get rid of stuff that we either would feel wrong throwing it away, or it's just, like, too big to go in the trash somehow. So, the latest, that my wife's been on this real cleaning jag. I mean, she's, and I'm not complaining. She's like really, she's like making that house over. It's pretty, it's like living with a weird, like a tie to with boobs or something. It's sort of weird. Um, but, so I I go by the, uh, I go by the, and I'm with Sarah on this that you don't put it right in front of your house. Right. You put it, you know, down the street just enough so the <laughs> landlord doesn't think you're like, you know, so the landlord doesn't know where it's trashy they can't charge they you for it. So I walk in there. My wife has clearly put out, you know, under the take if want, uh, you know, banner. Just all this perfume. And I sat there and I looked at it for a minute. She didn't really ever wear perfume. She's like me with cologne, where I realized that I own some cologne that I really like, but I don't know why, because I never wear it. Mm. I cannot remember the last time I wore cologne. Probably hadn't been within five years. But I think she had the same thing. She's like, you know what, I got this, you know, this perfume, this scent. And she's like, I never wear it, like, ever. She's just not, she doesn't do a lot of makeup. She's just not, you know, she's not that, not that girl. So, uh, and so I think she narrowed her her perfume down to like one scent or whatever she's like one she's going to keep for the, those occasions she does use it she's like the rest of these she's like they've been sitting here forever I'm never going to use them so she puts them out and I sat there and I stared for the longest time at this perfume and they're all like half empty of course or half full depending on what kind of person you are and I'm looking at this perfume thing and I'm thinking to myself okay is it trashy that we are putting perfume out for people just to take for free in front of our house and then I started thinking if it is how trashy is it as contrasted with the person who's going to come by and go, I found me some perfume?
8: <laughs> well, you can really have some fun with that, you know? I mean, where was it? In front of a house!
2: And they didn't want nothing for it! And it, I got it all! And they just taking home and just dousing themselves in my wife's <laughs> and perfume. <bathing> in it. <laughs> that they found, like, half empty on a sidewalk in front of my house in southeast Portland. Testing each one, you know. Oh, what's the it smell?
1: It's like? a spritzer kind!
2: <laughs> you know, and just so. Anyway, all right. Uh, here's Dave Schmidtke, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Then we'll get to, then we'll get some more
8: of these calls. In Pensacola, Florida, a burglary suspect Ooh, was Pensacola, literally caught Where? Florida. That was on me. That was totally <laughs> you. Yeah, in your face. All right.
3: First time in like a year. Yeah.
8: Uh, in Pensacola, a burglary suspect was literally caught with his pants down while trying to run away. Authorities said. A county sheriff's deputy responded to an alarm at a convenience store early Tuesday morning and reported seeing Robert Pittman, 37, exiting through a smashed-out front door while carrying several packs of cigarettes. Deputies said Pittman tried to flee, but the handfuls of cigarettes prevented him from holding up his pants, which (laughs) fell down and tripped him before he could make it out of the parking lot. That is so wonderful.
2: Oh, that's great. (laughs) All right,
8: that's. That's fantastic. Yeah, and Pittman was charged with criminal mischief, burglary, theft, and possession of drug paraphernalia. He's being held on twelve thousand yeah. dollars
2: bail. And as much as we complain sometimes that stupidity isn't painful, or that it's only painful to the smart, occasionally it's not. Stupidity isn't painful, but it does. It is kind of its own reward sometimes. You know what I mean? It does sort of. Uh, it does sort of trip up those who have it.
8: Well, I'm all for sagging. You know, they talk about oh, sagging bad, bad, dangerous. You know, gang sign, but it's like, <laughs> it it really works kind of in our in in in, in people's favor. You know who. Who don't want to encourage? Oh, totally. I mean, no. I mean, look. I'm for whatever. I am not for educating. Like this, you know, this
2: this jazz where people go to uh, the prisons or whatever. No, no, no. We've got an educational program here. You know what? I don't care. I don't. First of all, I'm not talking about some guy with like a a traffic ticket, or there's a wrong place, wrong time, or you're in jail or prison because you're a non-violent drug offender. Because our country loves to imprison people who, as I was saying the other day because of we have this weird uh, sort of uh, schizophrenic attitude towards drugs, as everybody knows. But if you're bad, like if you're feeling bad, you can take a drug to feel better. Mm-hmm. If you're already feeling good, you can't take a drug to feel great, because that's wrong. <laughs> I mean, it's just insane. If you're feeling bad, you can feel okay. If you're feeling okay, you're not allowed to feel great. That's just a, that's a crime. So, I mean, unless you're a drug offender or whatever, but if you're some idiot that's in prison because you're just the felonious type... I don't well, education is wasted on you, this idea that no no, 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 this is everybody deserves to learn everybody has a chance, not true, big lie, lots of people have no chance'll we'll never have a chance they they just don't belong here, so educating them is really just uh that's just uh, that's that's not even perfume on a pig that's like the, it's like perfume at the rendering plant is what that is so. Like this guy. So, you know, I, you know what, I'm with you. Just like I don't care if we make criminals any smarter, I don't care if they learn how to pull their pants up. Whatever makes it easier for the man to catch them and give them a good, uh, a good uh, savage pounding. I'm okay with that. <laughs> All right. Here's, uh, by the way, for those who care, by which I mean us, according to Oxford, the Oxford Dictionary, the OED, the Dictionary of the English Language, bimonthly, if you had to wager right now, you, uh, Sarah and Dave, would you say that it means every other month or twice a month? I would
8: say twice a month. I would say twice a month. I
2: would, I would twice a month too. Guess
8: what? It means both. Now, there you go. Thanks okay. so much. Huh. Okay.
2: Thanks so much, England. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks a lot, Kings well, so England. Now you have the answer to your question. Sons of bitches. Yeah, but I mean, what? what well, that's
3: true, because then it's like, okay, well, I have a pizza party bi-monthly, so that could be every other month or two times a month.
2: I mean, what am I supposed to do with that information? Here's, and here's my question about this. And this is the sort of program where this question gets pondered upon at great length on KCMD Portland. England, which we did say a few weeks ago, forfeited their right to, to ever lord. Have. We invented the language because they're doing that thing of removing apostrophes from street signs because they confuse people. So I don't think England's like in a position to ever lecture us again about anything. Uh, you know, you're never again do I get there. Well, Yank, let me tell you, as the people who created the language, you, you've, you've lost your right to do that. But my thing is this. Let's assume for the moment that England is like still the the arbiters of what's correct and what's not. When the guy sat down to write out the Oxford English Dictionary and he got to bi-monthly and he realized that it means both twice a month and every other month. Why did like that's your opportunity to stop and go, "No, no, no, we'll fix this now. I mean, like it's not like they don't know that it's confusing. They wrote it into the dictionary.
8: Seems like they could have taken that opportunity. Take five seconds and create a new word. Well, there's so many words that are that are in many cases even spelled the same way but mean different things depending on how you want to use them. Oh uh, yeah. But what blows me away and, and you know, I get on my little soapbox having been in, you know, T V news for twenty years, is I will see national television commercials with improper grammar. Further Instead of farther. Yeah. Drives me nuts. Farther is a physical distance. Further is a figurative
2: state. Right. That's what I'm saying right there. All Mm -hmm. right. Don't get and don't get Don't even get us uh, started here on the whole and historic and unique. (laughs) uh, Whatever. I mean, we're not even. I mean, we've we've had to take that one out back and just put it down uh, because I can't I can't dwell on it. All right, it's a uh, 503, and Fort Forte is another one that I've just, we can't do discussion anymore. This is, by the way, final submission on the free stuff on the sidewalk. This is the best thing I've heard all day. Kathy says free stuff on the sidewalk. It's like an urban potlatch. Well done. <laughs> I like it. And that's a great Northwest reference there, because only yeah. people in the Northwest and I guess certain parts of like uh, maybe the East Coast even know what a potlatch is. So fantastic. Well done, Northwesterner. Urban I like that. All right. They have a store. I think they got to create a store called Urban Potlatch. That's Which, of course, idea. paradoxically, would only be patronized by rich white people. Oh, but totally. I mean, you It'll know,
3: located in the Pearl.
2: <laughs> Seriously, no, no, no. I'm going to Urban Potlatch. Uh, I'm very cosmopolitan.
3: That has such like, a good flow to it.
2: Totally, but can't you see, uh, you know, can't you see like a whole bunch of like Kingsters uh, shopping, shopping there? No, no, no. We're going to go go to Urban Pot. i I understand it's very ethnic. I mean, <laughs> no, it's really, it's not. I mean, really, it's no, it's real. It's really the. the I mean, it's very um, genuinely ethnic too. We're gonna go there, and then we're gonna go to that. Um, then we're gonna go to that place next door that has um,
8: great uh, Yucatanian food. Mm-hmm. It's funny when he does the uppity white girl thing; his posture changes. It does. He gets that? into character. All of a sudden, straight back, nice posture. And how uh, to act is to speak, uh, Dave Schmick. <laughs> or something like that. All right, here's Dave Schmicky at the news desk. Alaska Governor Sarah Palin's favorite consignment shop has been forced to change its name after Palin brought the trendy upscale Anchorage boutique unintended legal problems during last year's presidential campaign. Owner Ellen Arvold said she was served a cease and desist letter by a Los Angeles-based chain of thrift stores with the same trademark name uh, as this store after Palin mentioned the store in the interview. The name of the store, Out of the Closet. Wait. Wait, Okay, I don't understand what's going on here. (laughs) Well, I'm butchering the copy. That's what's going on here. No, seriously. Um, So there's a consignment store called Out of the Closet up in Alaska. Okay. And there just happens to be, way before this story. Oh, in Los Angeles. A series of them in Los Angeles.
2: Oh, well, yeah, but see, that's the thing with Trademark. It'll screw you because, uh, you know, like, uh, bands run into this all the time. Oh, yeah? Uh, Because there was, you know, when Nirvana from Seattle came out, there was already a Nirvana that, like, 30 years before somewhere. And... Uh, there's a band in, or there was a band anyway, around the great grunge era called Sweetwater from uh, Seattle. And there was a band in the 60s uh, that played Woodstock called Sweetwater. On and on and on down the line. Same thing with that band Rockstar Supernova. Uh, that You know, Storm was on Rockstar Supernova, and they tried to just call themselves Supernova, but there was a band in 1994
8: that put out. So that's the thing. That's why you've got to uh, you got to have lawyers uh, look at that. That's why lawyers exist. That's right. That's why they do trademark searches. Exactly. I mean, right mm-hmm. the Actually, for the out-of-the-closet chain in Los Angeles, they are... Somewhat thankful that this whole ha came to play because they say that actually if it weren't for Palin mentioning this uh, chain's name, they wouldn't have landed on the radar. So they had to send a cease and desist letter and a, hey, by the way, thanks.
2: But they're on the radar in Alaska. I mean, that's just like, what does that radar even show? It's just a vast, <laughs> a <moose>. un- unbroken <laughs> expanse of nothing. <laughs> Wait over there. There's some hay. Yeah. All right. That's great. I'm going to take a nap, Bob. You watch the radar for me. But There's
8: nothing on that radar. Except to our many listeners in Juneau, by the way. Hello to you. (laughs) Uh, Here's a day, All right, we were talking about uh, criminals in jail. While a convicted killer has boasted on Facebook that being in jail is like being on holiday. Ashley Grain even put a picture of himself on the social networking website, quote, relaxing in his cell. I will show this picture to you, Rick Emerson. Tell me if he is relaxing. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That's... uh... That's a uh, different kind of relaxing than what I'm kind of uh, thinking of when I hear. I'll show you know. this to
2: Sarah. It's safe for work, of course. It's just uh so here
8: he is relaxing in his
2: cell, Sarah.
0: Uh, oh, okay. oh oh, god. Yo. Oh,
2: god. Oh, god. Ew. But see, he <laughs> could well, be doing he could be doing any number of things. You can't he see where he looks
3: like his... he's relaxing himself in a very special way. Yes.
2: Yes, it yes it does. It looks as though he's um Maybe looking for his car keys. I'm oh, <laughs> not, no, no. not wearing pants. He's found the car keys, but the car is directly in front of him and it's <laughs> on its side, so he needs to angle his hand to put the key into the. I don't know what I'm doing there. I have nothing.
8: That's all right. Don't, 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 no problem. But, you know, he quote, and I quote, now this is in Britain. Uh, but he manages to access Facebook every day by using a mobile phone that was smuggled into jail. Now, I think, okay, at this point... They it know it's him. <laughs> How is he in the newspaper? What is wrong with Britain? Is Britain the new Florida yeah. or something? Yeah, well, I've got a, a Facebook... I've got an illegal so phone. He, he
3: smuggled an illegal phone. They know it's him because he keeps updating his personal yeah. Facebook status. And
8: there are photos of him in jail. I'm
2: in jail with my phone!
8: Look yeah. at me! And there's not a lot of places to hide it when they come looking for you. Seriously? Uh yeah. Well, you know, but that's like... Do you ever see those... Uh, these are creepy. Those those videos that Richard Speck made
2: while he was in jail. Oh, Richard Speck was, was the guy. Yeah, he right, right, Killed a bunch of student nurses in Chicago uh, many years ago. And then, uh, but then he was in jail. <laughs> this hilarious video came out. I, maybe I don't know if he was already dead. It came out in the nineties. By which yeah. time I think he he'd snuffed it. Uh, they were just it was whole. They were hilarious and disturbing. It was Richard Speck who just was like full on, screamingly crazy. Like anyway. But it's like him wearing a dress and a wig, mm-hmm. like he's sort of bad prison drag, and he's like uh, snorting what appears to be cocaine off somebody else's body. He's like, "I love it in prison, I've never had such a good time <laughs> I never want to leave here, you know, and it was just like so weird. I remember watching this thing I like, "What in the f is wrong with this this country? like it was so bizarre, but anyway, well, all right, oh well, there you go. Uh, you know what it is i'm here's the thing I'm for a couple of things a. We stop imprisoning people who aren't harming other people. This is, you know, like page one hundred one uh, or whatever, a thing like that, out of the Libertarian Handbook. You know, like if you just, you know, the victimless crimes, like just, you, just, you know, whatever. I don't care. Just smoke whatever you want. F whoever you want. It doesn't matter to me. Uh, just have at it. You consenting adults, get go out and get it on. Um, and then, but the, with the remaining prison, we, but the, see, we're going to save all that money because we're not going to be incarcerating you know just like some guy who got busted with a joint or something. So we'll save all that money, but then. Everybody else who's in prison, you know what it is? You go to prison and you just get television and a morphine dri- uh, drip, like forever. That's it. Because you always hear that, well, you know, the problem is you have to have guards to try to, you know, to, to quell all the violence and to stop them from fighting. And then, of course, what if they try to escape? You know what it is? You go to any guy who's in jail right now and you go, look, if you'd like, we we're we going to give you cable TV. You go, I a package deal from, uh, from Dish Network or something, or Comcast. You say, look, Comcast, you're going to be in nine million cells. Uh, you know, it's a captive audience. Uh, gar, gar,
3: gar. oh my god really no, but, but, but then you get then one drink minimum
2: <laughs> but, but then you get a uh, but, th- but then you get a full like morphine drip as well comes out of the wall stick it in your arm and you just lay on the bed and be high on morphine and watch television for the rest of your life and it would still be a net financial gain uh, because you're going to be paying less to, to take care of these nitwits that are like going and like stabbing each other in the mess hall because they're all cranked up on whatever and one of those channels can be nothing but porn I don't care just whatever you know, just like We have to start thinking out of the box. Cost-effective solutions for a stupid, broken economy. Because like, clearly the government and the auto industry are going to fix like nothing. So uh, here's uh, Dave Schmitke, ladies and gentlemen.
8: All righty. Let's see here. Where are we now? We are a Long Island man with a history of DWI. rented a car to avoid driving his own, which is outfitted, by the way, with a court-ordered breathalyzer. But he was busted for driving drunk again when he smashed into a pole. Marvin Rice, 27, totaled a brand-new Volkswagen Jetta when he slammed into a pole in Brentwood just before 6 a.m. And was driving a rental car because his personal vehicle is equipped with a court-mandated anti-drinking and driving device. Which is, we had a listener actually call up who got busted for DUI.
2: And I don't know if it was the first or second time, but it was the whole thing. He had to go to the... You know as as, as is proper uh you know he had the, they find him, and he had to go to court and he had the, i don't know if he had to do it in jail time, but then they but then they put the thing in his the, that, the thing in his car where he has to like you know you have to blow your breath into the tube or whatever and then it registers but i think but I think you also got to do it like every ninety minutes or every thirty minutes to keep the car from uh stopping
3: I had a friend in high school who had to have one of those
2: it's weird, and then he and I said, well, what if you ever like your wife do it or something like when somebody comes in and, and I think he said that they've actually now started to do some weird thing. It's like a hand scan or something. or Some of them where so it's like you can't have somebody else come in and like use some, you know, it's like using clean pee or whatever, like from the Amish to beat a drug test. Like they're going to have something where like it tests you, to like it tests your spit or whatnot to make sure that it's you who's like blowing into the tube or whatever while you're driving. By the way, which brings me to this point. So Kristen Bowie, uh, one of our good friends who works here. So Kristen Bowie, you know what she just pitched herself up the other day? She got the, uh, the brand new, that G phone, the Google phone, which comes equipped with the Android uh, operating system. So the the Google phone I'm still kind of going back and forth on i I want to wait and hear what people think about it because you know, occasionally a phone comes out and there's a lot of buzz around it, and it's justified, like with the iPhone, which is great. It occasionally then you get like the Blackberry Storm, which even I knew like out of the gate was the worst thing That's just, that seems just like a terrible, terrible, terrible phone, and don't get me wrong, I love my blackberry. I love my blackberry it's fantastic. that Blackberry storm not for me, not for you, not for anybody it's just it's just bad um. You should get the BlackBerry 8030 World Edition. And BlackBerry should thank me for that, by the way, as should Verizon, because that phone's actually more expensive, but it's better. So get yourself the BlackBerry World Edition. Skip the storm. The G phone, though, which is the Google phone, Kristen Bowie has it. Do you know what it does? No, huh? What? If you wish to enable this function, like it's got a camera on it, you hold it up, and I swear to God, it'll capture a scan of your retina. Which then means you are the only person who can use the phone, unless somebody wants to cut out your eyeball. So like you could scan your retina, and then a retinal s- scan is required to turn the phone back on if you lock it. So like if you, you like you have sensitive information on there, you just hold it up to your eye, and it does like the Blade Runner thing or whatever. Do have that on it? Yes. So, no. Not like in the future. Not like future, Kristen. Like Kristen upstairs that now.
3: That that doesn't
2: that doesn't right. Scans your retina, and then if you like if you lock the phone. If somebody wants to use it, like, they've either got to hold you at gunpoint or, again, carry, like, tote your eye around in their pocket, or it's got to be you, like, going holding the phone up to your eye again and, and scans your retina again.
8: How righteous is that? That is the best thing you've ever heard. Yeah, I mean, if it, if it, if it works continually, that's the problem. Is when something like that breaks down, what do you do? Well, that's a good question, actually. I wonder if there's a sort of a workaround. Well, it's like, here's, here's an anti about the Sharper Image because they're out of business, and here's why. Because the Sharper
2: Image sold stuff that seemed great. This is the story of the Sharper Image. Things that seemed great, and then when you sort of leaned on them a little bit, it kind of just folded in. Yeah. didn't really work. Th- they used to sell the greatest thing at the Sharper image, which was like it was like a locking kind of like a not, not a suitcase, but like a briefcase, basically, but like for keeping money in. So it was like this really heavy steel briefcase. And the deal is it was a fingerprint scanner, and you'd have to put your fingerprint, your thumb on there, and it go and then it would open if it was your thumb. but of course, in case that broke. There was like a four dollar lock right next to it that you could pick with like a like a like a you know like a paper clip. So that's I mean the problem with the sharper image. They would just stuff like technology like that always has like some like a really lame workaround or something. So that's what they need to figure out. All right, we'll take a break. Come back after this more with uh, Dave Schmitz when we return. Um, let's see. Later on, we'll give away another pair of tickets to Oscar Night America 2009 with another edition of Making a Scene. If you're on hold, this guy just says wants to talk about. I swear to God, this is what it says on the screen. Wants to talk about box and lamp. You know, whatever. All right, that's uh, next, I guess. Uh, What else? Facebook poetry on the way. Katie Darrell from TMZ. And quite possibly the top five. I feel good about it today. Sources point to maybe. Back after this, The Rick Emerson Show.
1: man beats a man named Fam with a fan as he whistles the gun out of his hands. I don't understand. Mr. Fam was You're beaten with a fan. Man. What is going on
2: in this news story?
1: Well, a shooting suspect is badly hurt after he knocked out the door. Well, the man in the bedroom is waiting and his weapon of choice, an oscillating fan. An oscillating fan. Well, the man in the bedroom is waiting, and his weapon of choice, an oscillating fan. An oscillating fan. Mr. Fan was greeted by a man armed with an oscillating fan. He beats this suspect down the stairs with the oscillating fan. Fam like ham? Right, okay. Armed with an oscillating fan. Long fan. Okay. The victim of the fan attack. Back up for a second. An oscillating fan. An oscillating fan. Okay, Mr. Dong Fan, Ham with a P in front of it, which makes it a fan. An oscillating fan. An oscillating fan. An oscillating fan. Stop. Stop the Stop. Mr. Stop. Fan Everyone and the Fan. Stop. Mr. Dong Fan. Okay.
2: I always forget it has that weird. Uh... That was
3: Dave singing.
2: Every time that bed plays up for you. All right, there you go. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Uh, Dave Schmidtke is here coming up later on. We'll do another installment of Making a Scene. we got one more pair of tickets to give away today, and then we'll do uh, two tomorrow, and then we're uh, done. done. Although we're going to give away another pair of Oscar Night America 2009 tickets. Uh, we're going to do a supplemental... Uh, edition of the AM970 Listener Bailout as well. So let me jump back to the beginning here. So we got Oscar Night America 2009. That is coming up this Sunday uh, at Portland's Historic Hollywood Theater. There's a red carpet event including Darcelle, Rochelle Crystal, Jay Malone, Rod Hill from K2, Sarah Dillon, Tim Riley, myself. <laughs> Pardon me, we're going to be there. It's going to be fantastic. It is a fundraiser for the educational programs of film action and the preservation of the uh, Hollywood Theater. You can find out more and get tickets at Action. Dot org. Filmaction.org. It's Oregon's only Oscar Night America event sanctioned by the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. Now, the tickets are a little spendy, as they say, because it's for charity and so forth. Uh, so we're going to be giving away a pair of those to an uh, involuntarily unemployed listener. And we're trying to give away uh, some more on the air today. So it's for making a scene. And here's what you do. You've got to be able to recite from memory a sequence, scene, speech or, you know, uh, section from a film. A sequence, scene, speech or section uh, from a film uh, from memory over the phone. And then if you can do that, you, uh, you win the uh, tickets. We'll try to do that later on.
8: It's 503-733-2970. This is Dave Schmidt at the news desk, 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 desk. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. For those who fall into the category of love, ha- love haters, a new drug that can make people fall in and out of love is in the early stages of testing. It's called chloroform. Or <laughs> rupees. And its development may be a one-way ticket to controlling romantic emotion. The idea for this drug and prospective vaccine is based on the research of animals called prairie voles, which are among the small minority of mammals, less than 5%, who share humans' propensity for monogamy. When a female prairie vole's brain is artificially infused with uh, a hormone that I'm not going to attempt to pronounce... Honey, I want to infuse you with prairie vole extract. (laughs) Mm. So deep. (laughs) Well, she will quickly become attracted to the nearest male. Now, I don't know if you'd call that a love vaccine or a... a vole?
2: Yes. I thought a vole was that big spider thing in Quake that came out from around a corner and shot lightning
1: bolts at you.
8: You Yeah, voles look like those little miniature moles. I know because my cat keeps bringing them in, dead, deceased, and in pieces. Not... <laughs>
1: I brought you a gift, master.
8: <laughs> I, I have a cat that I think is like Don Corleone, because I won't find the, the the mole or the vole or the bat or the mouse. In, right. And in, in just in, in uh, hole, I'll open up the door and they'll be like, it's intestines.
2: <laughs>
1: well, you get.
3: It, oh, it's a nice little present.
2: That's yeah. the best part. He's saving that. That's like saving, you know, the center of the Oreo for you.
8: Yeah. Oh, sometimes it's the mouse. It's like cut cleanly in half. You know, the thing about cats
2: is, see, this is just more cats proof just that they're evil. That's the thing is, they're just evil. Like, let me ask you this. If for anybody, and I don't want to start a whole dog-cat thing again, because I think we all know the answer. Just, the, 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 you know, day really, dogs are man's best friend, and cats, uh, well, you know, I'm just saying, someday... Someday it's not just going to be people in this book. Uh, someday there's going to be a, a great resolution of the cat problem. Um, so, But my thing is, like, what is that playing with your food? I mean, that's just being cruel. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, fine, be cruel. I mean, whatever. I mean, you're a cat. Do what you're going to do. I'm just thinking, like, if you needed more proof that cats are cruel, you don't see a dog doing that. And cats, like, vindictively play with it, too. Yeah, like a dog. I'm going to toy with his elbow. Like a dog just like, I'll eat that. Done. I'm going to sleep now. Goodbye. <laughs> It cat is like, no, 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 let me get... No, 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 I'll let it think it has a chance at life. Oh, pwned! Bam! Uh, you know, which is like so weird. I saw the creepiest thing, by the way, on uh like Animal something or other, a Discovery Channel. It was one of those things. It was the creepiest thing. It was... um It wasn't sharks. It was like some kind of whale or something. And you think of whales as being, you know, lovable and peaceful, and people yeah. are always trying to save them from nets and, uh, you know, Japanese fishermen and so forth. And so... You know, you think of whales, Not at all, they're loving creatures. And maybe they are most of the time. But these whales, the creepiest thing I've ever seen, especially because, again, you think of whales, they're like manatees. Mm-hmm. Like, what if you saw a manatee coming at you with a knife? That'd be doubly creepy, right? I mean, you know, it's like if you saw, like, a shark coming at you with a knife, you'd be like, well, he's a shark. But if you saw a manatee, like, oh, going to stab you, like, it would be so weird because they're peaceful. So I'm watching the TV, and these whales, and I guess they're... Um, I forget if they're carnivorous or not, but they, but they, there was like a like a sea lion or whatever, mm-hmm. and so the whales are doing this weird pong thing, where they are literally, it, it is almost literally a game of ping pong, where they are batting the sea lion back and forth to each other with their huge ass like whale tails. But, you know, because they're whales, they're huge. And, of course, it's not like Sarah and I playing ping pong where we're five feet away. They're like 300 yards from each other. Oh, my God. And they're all like, oh, no, no, I got it. I got it. I got it. No, clear. It's mine. Mine. Whap! And then they, and then they just, the camera tracks the poor sea lion. And he's just like, oh, no, no. You know,
8: that was a net serve.
2: Certainly. Through the air. Oh, God, I regret nothing. And then he lands over there. And then you just see the other whale like, no, 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 I got it. Bam! And then he hits it back. And they do it for like three hours. You know, you know, at a certain point, the ceiling's like, ah, F this, I'm dead, goodbye. You know, it's just, it's just the weirdest thing, and you don't really think of whales as doing that. Especially because there's no, like, reason for that. That There's no real... Uh, you're not gaining anything there. That's just crazy animal behavior. Happened. It seriously is. It's not chimp messed up. But, I mean, really, what is? I got a whole other chimp story, by the way, from yesterday. I didn't even read yet, so we got a whole third one. Let's do one more, and then we'll talk to Steve Kasten about it here.
8: All right. Uh, well, how about if we do... I think it's time for penis watch your penis watch
1: you're so into that
8: you're yeah. <laughs> really
4: selling it, it I it's mean, a lot of practice good for
0: you I like the <laughs> harmony
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: can I ever tell you the story about about this song no, uh-uh. what's the deal? Uh, this is a kind of a niche story, but we have this this group of musicians. Uh, they kind of it, when they play our listener parties, they they go under the name of Emerson Starship. But it's just like this kind of con- you know, this con- conglomeration of, of talented musicians we know. And the guys in sort of our show's house band are amazingly talented because they're all in separate bands on the side, and then they come together and they are you know the band for our parties. But they, I guess, either before or after the last listener party, so all the Emerson Starship guys are out eating. And a waitress came up, and they all looked different. Like one guy's tall, and one guy's short, and one guy's long hair, and one guy's short, and one guy's you know whatever. And I guess they were talking about stuff. And the waitress somehow they got in this conversation. The women didn't. The, the waitress didn't believe they were a band. The waitress was like you're not in a band. I'm like no, no no we're in this band. You know we, we you know we're cover bands, and we do this Appetite or this uh, Emerson Starship thing. She's like you're not a band. And they had learned that song for our last listener party. <laughs> and as my friend Jesse told me, I, they were like in an IHOP or something. And they didn't. The woman didn't believe they were in a band. So they looked at each other. And somehow, just like Jedi, like telepathy, they all then did this, busted out this, like, f- like seven-person, four-part harmony version of the penis watch right in the middle of an IHOP, which is great. And she said that the waitress didn't even have to. Jesse's like, so they sang the entire penis watch theme right there in the middle of the IHOP in perfect four-part harmony. I said, what did the waitress do? And he goes,
8: she just left, and then another waitress came and took care of us for the rest of the day, and she wouldn't talk to us anymore. So there you go. Here's your penis watch. A man whose penis met, met an idyll fate with a grinder. Ah! Ah! Has been rushed Sorry. to the hospital.
2: Grinder. I barely knew her.
8: <laughs> it is understood the 23-year-old was working in New Zealand when he was injured just uh, after 2 p.m. Not that the time really matters. Seriously, what is <laughs> it? At <matter>? two, two thirty? <laughs> <laughs> that was two fifteen. Damn it! Not a minute before, not a minute after. Wow. The Department of Emergency Services spokesperson could not identify the type of grinder. Does it matter again? I mean, <laughs> these, are, these are incidental details. As Hannibal Lecter would say, that is incidental.
2: <laughs> what do you care? What are you going to know, yeah. Bob? You know. here's the thing, Bob. You you should count your lucky stars. Yeah, because if that were a Bosch grinder, <laughs> let me tell you what. You're lucky you got your uh, manhood cut in a Hobart grinder. Cause, <laughs> exactly. Let me tell you. Yeah, if it if it had been one of those uh, those
8: grinders from Black and Decker, it'd be a whole different story, sir. All right. They also could not detail how he came in contact with the device. Although the extent of his injuries are not known, paramedics who treated the man at the scene were able to stem the bleeding. What kind of tourniquet would you use there? I don't know. please end take this. thank
0: look you
1: enormous my take a at my
2: the lead vocal there kind of sound like Steve Kastenbaum'
1: Yes yeah. <laughs> wow. On that note, let's welcome now to the Rick
2: Emerson show from New York City. seeing a radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum, hello sir.
4: You know, not since the Lorena Bobbitt story has a story made me feel so queasy in the pit of my stomach Uh, as
2: well. Well, here's the thing, and we have a lot of stories like that. Uh, I mean, here's the thing. There are so many stories of mishaps happening to Penai that we actually created like a whole section of the show for them, and that's how many there are. And that one, though, is uh, grinder. really is the, uh, you know, the only way that could have been worse if it had just been called an industrial tearing and hurting machine. (laughs) Well, the scary thing is that Sarah picks these out. Yeah, well, you know, that's between Sarah and her therapist. Tell, tells you something, doesn't it? Well, to be to be fair, I created the segment, but Sarah does seem to have a special knack. Uh, she didn't get the blame for creating it, so if your kids are warped, that's on me. But she does have a special knack for finding those stories lurking in the corners of the interwebs. So, uh, well
4: done, Sarah. No problem. Well, I'm guess. It, I guess it's a, a good thing that they have an outlet uh, on your show.
2: Well, you know, look, <laughs> news isn't just, uh, you know, look. There's news of all varieties. We don't discriminate here. It's a bit. We're an inclusive show, Steve Castenbuck. Mm. Yes. All right. I don't even uh, know where to start. I'm just going to kind of roll through these uh, one at a time here. Uh, we'll just go in the order they're on the prep sheet. Let's talk about Obama foreclosures, and I think there's something an Obama foreclosure plan, which sounds like, as I said to Lisa earlier. It sounds like Obama is there to sort of kick you guys out, uh, you know, as part of a reality TV show. I'm Obama, and I'm foreclosing on you today. And yeah, you know, he comes and he puts you out. But what is the Obama foreclosure plan?
4: Well, he announced it today, uh, and obviously, it's it's got a long way to go before it's uh, enacted. But uh, he wants to spend nine, uh, I'm sorry, 75 billion dollars to help nine million homeowners in trouble and to prevent uh, foreclosures. And one of the ways he's going to do this. Uh, if he gets his way, is to give banks uh, $1,000 for every uh, at-risk mortgage that they renegotiate and, and that they uh, do an adjustment, it's called, a mortgage adjustment, and change the terms of the mortgage. And for each year, uh, for the first three years that the homeowner stays uh, on top of their payments and is on time, the bank will get another $1,000. So it's a little bit of a an incentive for the bank, to do this, to renegotiate rather than foreclose.
2: Right, so the government, let's, let me ask you a clarifying question here, because during the debates they were talking about this, this business of telling the banks they had to renegotiate. The government isn't telling banks they have to renegotiate the deal, are they?
4: Well, they're, they're, they're getting close to doing that because there's this aspect of this uh, plan that uh, they sort of borrowed from Philadelphia where it was first tried, and they've been doing it since June. I went down to Philadelphia and spoke to uh, Mayor Nutter of Philadelphia uh, about their program, Mayor Michael Nutter. Yes. I really do well, That's not the mayor. Hold on. That's, that's the judge. That's Hold Michelle on. Nutter. <laughs> yeah,
8: here's
4: the ju- Here's uh, Mayor Nutter. What we're all committed to
8: is helping to make sure that people stay in their homes, that they do not lose their home uh, because they didn't have an opportunity to try to renegotiate. Uh, whatever their uh, rate was, whatever
4: their term was. So how they do this? I mean, how do they do this? Well, they have to go before a judge. They go before Judge Annette Rizzo. Rizzo, Annette Rizzo. <laughs> they. Going before uh, one of the
2: Jerky Boys.
4: Ex- yeah, hey, uh, uh, Sizzle
2: It Seems like you can't pay your mortgage.
4: Yes, no relation to the Jerky Boys apparently, but uh, she kind of sounds like she could be. But uh, they, the bank and the homeowner have to go before the judge if there is a foreclosure going on. And she mediates uh, a compromise, a, a new term uh, for the loan, that uh, so far they've had an 80% success rate in keeping the homeowners in their homes in Philadelphia. I, I really
5: do think it does take the mandate. It takes the mandate of some governmental entity to say stop.
4: Doesn't she sound like she's from a jerky boy's tape?
2: I said so she puts the man in mandate, is what she does. Right. I, I don't... Let me just ask you this, because uh, during the again during the campaign and the debate, uh, Tim Riley and I seized upon something that Barack Obama and Joe Biden both said. Let me just preface this by saying, uh, as Howard Beale once said, you know I don't have to tell you times are bad. Everybody knows times are bad. So I mean, like you know everybody knows somebody, and sometimes you are that somebody that's going through a, 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 a rough patch. Everybody knows that. It 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 seems like a weird, freaky step. Because, like, you know, the government does so few things right. And it's like the government is the only institution. Look, we failed at this. Let's start failing at other things simultaneously. It's like that Microsoft approach where, like, they can't do one thing right. So you know what? Maybe they'll start doing a thousand things, and then miraculously they'll all be done perfectly. And it never happens. So it just seems like a weird, scary step for the government to come in and be interfering in a contract made between a business and a citizen. You know, like if you make an ad- agreement with a, with a fellow a citizen to provide whatever, and he's going to pay you whatever in return, like that's the agreement. The government can't come in and, d- and tell you to take less from somebody who offered to pay you.
4: Yeah, y- you got a point there, but that's what they're doing. I that's mean, they're,
2: socialism, they're, Steve Kastenbaum.
4: Yeah, some people uh, have, have made that uh, claim, yeah. It just seems
2: is, weird unless I'm missing something. So, well,
4: well, well, the bottom line is here, there used to be just one mechanism in place uh, to be implemented when a homeowner defaulted on a loan when they missed payments, and that was foreclosure and, and that was the model all the banks were using, regardless of what was going on, what type of loan it was, regardless of how many houses on a particular block in a particular neighborhood in a particular city were being foreclosed on well that 's what led to this crisis we 're in right now because uh, all of a sudden they realized you know they they had nine million homes in danger of being foreclosed on, so they they had to come up with some other mechanism. And that's when these loan modifications started being uh, touted. Uh, and it started with just community organizations doing it, being the middleman. But in Philadelphia, they believed you have to put some teeth uh, into it, and, uh, and that's why they have these court-mandated interventions.
2: Um, all right. So what's it, because I know we're, we're short on time here, we'll just uh, move on to the next thing. Um, this business of Alex Rodriguez. It says here, regretful and remorseful. Or remorseful. Remorseful. While talking uh, with reporters at spring training, maybe I missed something. Why did he finally uh, cop to this? Why did he, after all of this, why did he just come out and say it? I, I must have missed that part.
4: Well, uh, Sports Illustrated uh, came out with an article um, not too long ago, and they, uh, you know, they they were leaked some information about names that appeared in a report, uh, and A-Rod had failed some uh, drug tests. So uh, he uh, they did a whole article on this about him uh, failing and, and having uh, tested positive for steroids while with the Texas Rangers in 2001, 2002, 2003 is when he said he used the drugs. And so at spring training yesterday, he met the press, and he was uh, remorseful and, and took a lot of questions and uh, sort of explained, what had happened, what he, what he was doing, why he was taking these, uh, these drugs. He said that he said his cousin actually told him about this drug that was available over the counter in, uh, in the Dominican Republic. And they brought uh, those drugs back. He, the cousin brought the drugs back for his use.
2: You know, there's always a ne'er-do-well cousin in these stories, and his name is always Jackie
4: my cousin my cousin Jackie said that we could get well if we did this.
2: He always said that it would work out we couldn 't get caught. Jackie said not to what happened you know and it 's always jackie it 's never on the guy it 's always like it's some like Joe Pesci guy uh you know who's like this sort of instigating uh, relative who who puts you into this here's I know that you and I had this discussion yesterday, which i i won 't uh, rehash, but to say that you you felt like it tarnished the image of sports and whatever and it was you know less than you know what i you know not you know not not like a real man's way to compete by getting all uh, juiced up and whatever we just strike a balance here we could have some sort of a compromise where okay. look you you can take all the steroids you want you can have all the performance enhancing drugs you want i don't care but then we're going to do like that show that joe arpaio thing where you can be on steroids but like you, but your uniform has to be like bright pink you gotta like play in bright fuchsia, you know what I mean? So you know, people consider it cheating and they consider it unmanly. You know, you can use the steroids, but you gotta wear like big pink frilly undergarments on the outside of your uh, the outside of your uniform.
4: How about we make them wear the old Astros uniform from the 70s with the uh, the varying uh, colors, uh, stripes, uh, yellow, orange, and red? Do you remember that uh, that that piece of work?
2: I really don't, but I see. But I I like the fact that you're already on board with the concept, under, underscoring this idea.
4: I like that, yeah.
2: Right. And then finally, well, this is just a dark story, but I mean, there's no way we can't. We actually had the story coming up uh, anyway, but it, you're here, and I know that you've been talking about it. So let me just – let me give me the bullet points of this beheading story, the bullet points of the buffalo beheading, uh, and then you'll tell me if I'm missing anything. So, and of course, these are all allegations at this point. Uh, no one has been proven to, uh, to be guilty.
4: Except we, for the fact that the the, the woman was indeed uh, beheaded. That is that is fact.
2: We know there was a beheading. The The head and the body are no longer together. That's the only thing we know in this story. Everything else is an allegation. Allegations, which, in the opinion of this broadcaster, as protected by the First Amendment, seem pretty likely to be to be provable. But uh, anyway, it says, police have charged... How do you pronounce this guy's name? Um, M- Mutsamil, sorry, Mutsamil? Mutsamil?
4: Muzamil Hassan.
2: Muzamil sounds like some sort of really uninteresting regularity product that you would have, like if you lived in Syria.
4: I used to be a regular. Now I have Muzamil. Now I am regular.
1: Also, I occasionally behead people.
2: Um, Police are judged. Muzamil Hassan, with second degree or intentional murder in the death of his wife, her decapitated body was found at the office of Bridges TV, the television network, where, uh, where he was chief executive officer. Now, tell me if I'm wrong about this. This guy who allegedly beheaded his wife... Was his whole thing at this TV station not to uh, change the image of uh, Islam as being a religion of occasional violence?
4: Yeah, he founded this uh, cable television station up in the Buffalo area to counter um, negative Muslim stereotypes, and he was uh, widely applauded for doing this.
2: Well, all right, then. That kind of just, I mean, really, there's nowhere else to go with that except to say that, I mean, I don't know. I, I, here's a question. I'd probably like a billionth person to ask this. Ooh. I and I this sounds flip, so I apologize if this sounds like I'm trying to I'm not trying to make light of this. I really am curious about this. Let's I mean, these are all allegations, but let's just say if allegedly killing your wife and then actually sawing off her head is only second degree, what really must I do to get to number one on that tote board there? Do I have I mean
4: you took the words right out of my mouth. I, I said that yesterday. How is that only a second-degree murder charge?
2: I mean, it seems like, I don't know, am I, is this like going to be one of those, uh, is this going to be like one of the skee-ball things where there's like the mysterious hole up there that's 100,000 points, but nobody can ever hit that, like it can't really ever be done. It seems like he's kind of covered all the bases here. If you were really aiming for first-degree murder, he's, uh, he's racked up enough points to do it, I would think. It's strange that he only got the second degree.
4: Well, first-degree murder here in New York State, and it differs from state to state, the burden of proof, For uh, each particular charge, but the burden of proof for first-degree murder here in New York, you have to show intent that uh, you know this was planned, uh, and maybe they don't have that yet. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing that maybe there's the possibility for the well, there is the possibility for the district attorney up there. To uh, up the charges to first degree if the if the evidence warrants it, but that was my immediate reaction.
2: And what is it? I mean, in Bridges TV. I mean, I don't know his I don't know his country of origin. So I mean, I don't know if this is based in America or if it's based somewhere else. Or
4: it's based up in Buffalo, and it's supposed right. to uh, appeal to uh, a domestic audience here in the U.S. But it's you know it's a local cable station. All
9: right. Well, there you go.
4: Uh, you took the words right out of my mouth. I don't understand uh, how how somebody can be accused of of cutting off somebody else's head and that not being uh, uh, first-degree murder. I mean, you, you know, be... something, you know I... shooting somebody with a gun, I could see how that, you know, maybe they could say that wasn't premeditated. It, it happened uh, in a fit of rage and it wasn't planned. But I feel like if you're going to cut somebody's head off, you probably put some planning into it.
2: Really, I mean, yeah, unless you're killing them with a combine, it doesn't really seem like – I mean, you know, part of that is you're, you've thought it out a little bit. Alright. Well anyway, on that note. Sorry to end on just such a horrible story, but it was, I knew you were you were kinda of covering it. Um and, and I guess that's it. Are you on tomorrow, sir?
4: Hey, guess what? I have a day off
2: tomorrow. Ah, day off. All right. Well enjoy your day off. We will uh speak with you then probably on the other side of that, my friend. Enjoy your afternoon. Speak to you guys Friday. Uh, there you go. Steve Castonbound, ladies and gentlemen.
8: Hello, Dave Schmitke. Hello, Rick Emerson. I, I was thinking to myself, only someone who was raised in eastern Washington could bring up the idea of killing someone with a combine.
2: Well, you know, it's, look, I mean, there's, you know, dra- drag out those Ellensburg references every now and again. So <laughs> I was able, actually, I was, you know, the, the combine, um, uh, uh, never mind. I was going to say there was a whole thing growing up in eastern Washington. I don't know where you're from originally. Uh, um,
8: battleground. So that, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
3: I remember I was telling you how his one of his best friends in high school was my friend's brother.
2: I yeah, but I but that, but that wait, but that doesn't make any sense. Wait. One of Dave Schmicky's friends in high school. Do, 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 he's, he's the yeah. friend of who?
3: Uh, my friend Bart who's lived in yeah, town as well. Oh, I, I thought you go. meant
2: like when you grew up. I was gonna say that maybe no, no, so, at all. Oh, yeah, okay. so
3: Dave and
8: um, Bart's older started. brother used to do terrible things to him, I'm sure. Yeah. How many people live in Battleground? Well, a lot more now, but when I was growing up there, back in the, <laughs> um, it was really more of a dairy slash timber economy and existence. It wasn't really a town; then it was just sort of a gathering of people who all happened to stop at the same point. <laughs> stay here. We're all related. Yes. Um,
2: uh, Ellensburg. Blah blah blah. Combine. I had something I was going to say there. Blah blah blah. Cuckoo's nest. I don't know where I was going. Somewhere with the combine thing. Uh, it's five zero three seven three three two nine seven. Let's get a couple of these. And then we'll take a break. Uh, here's what's coming up, by the way, in the next 90 minutes of this action-packed extravaganza. Uh, Katie Darrell from TMZ. Uh, we'll talk to Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. Jim Roop, Facebook Poetry, and another pair of Oscar Night America 2009 tickets. Hello, sir or madam, as the case may be. Hey, Rick. How's it going? What's up? Hey,
10: did you get the box I dropped off earlier today?
2: I don't know. What's in the box? I don't
3: know. Look on the side of it.
2: I was doing a whole thing there. Uh,
3: I, I got the seven reference.
2: Let's, well, here's the thing, sir. Uh, is, we're down uh, doing the program, so uh, maybe this is a box that I haven't uh, seen yet because it's upstairs. It. Maybe somebody brought it down, or maybe someone opened the box and brought me the goods contained within. What What was in the box? And wait, Now, I'm asking was, you the same thing, and I it, you want to was ruin it. Temples? Was it cutlery? Yes. Okay, yes. No, we did get that. So, by the way, which Richard Richard, which Richie on the screen called Cultury Cutlery. And I said, "Cutlery." he goes, yeah, I like forks. So I think he meant cutlery. So this, so we have to thank you for this. Uh, I don't have the full box because Dave Zinn said it was, quote, real huge. But it is, in fact, just, I believe, hundreds and hundreds and quite possibly thousands and thousands of uh, crystal dinnerware uh, spoons and forks and whatever. He said he was losing it, so I guess we've lost okay. it. Okay. Well, there he you go. brought us hundreds of... Well, Dave Zinn only brought us down, like, four pa- four packages of this. Look, this contains 24 forks. And Dave said there was like many 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 of them. Cuz he always heard us saying that there were no forks and remember we never you, have any forks. Remember you're using those sad little forks in the in the cupboard have, that melt? The,
3: the ones yeah, the ones where I had the plastic baggie full of 100 yeah. of them that I got for like
2: $2. And it's like it didn't even melt in the microwave like you would start to pick up hot food with them and the food would melt them. <laughs> uh-huh. And then you're like eating plastic and that's no good. Cuz you're already breathing asbestos in here probably. So. God, it's just getting oh, worse as I'm in here. Yeah, no, I mean it's like would it surprise you if these walls were filled with cancer? I mean, come on. Oh seriously. I mean, you know, I, you know, I just don't. I remember my dad for a while when I was growing up, I must have been maybe 10 or 11. My dad had this whole uh, my dad always got the good uh always got the good jobs. This is why, by the way, kids growing up, you want to think through your decision-making process in your life. Hmm. Uh, like maybe about when you have kids or get married or what kind of a uh, town you live in. So you don't know, like my dad who actually pulled the job of removing asbestos uh for like 7 months or something uh. when I was growing up. And he do that thing of like this was the best part about the asbestos removal, and maybe this is just like a Canawick thing. Uh, maybe they did it uh, differently elsewhere. But he'd go to, uh, you know, he'd go to work all day, and he would go into like, old, I think at this point it was like school rooms or schoolhouses, mm-hmm. and he's going through there, and they're doing something with the asbestos, and I guess they're spraying something on it, or they're pulling it out and then spraying. Anyway, but then he would do, I don't know what the hell goes on, and people said, then he would just come home. Maybe he just hated us and was trying to kill us, like slowly, because he would just come in the front door. You're like, well, here I am, home from another day of work of taking out asbestos, and then he would like do the thing of taking off his coat, like shaking it out.
8: (laughs) Here you go, little Ricky, breathe deep. (laughs) The impending doom. And (laughs) even
2: like a ten-year-old, I was like, "What are you doing?" That's you know. (laughs) Uh, I don't want to breathe that. Uh, so, you know, anyway.
8: Well, we, it sounds like we had the same upbringing, because my dad would do things like trying to invent a new kind of carburetor and ended up blowing a hole in the side <laughs> of the barn.
1: <laughs>
8: Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. He was leftover carbide, you know, where they used to yeah. mining lamps, and we'd have a burn barrel going, and I'd be up about two feet away from it, and he goes, hey, son, watch this.
3: Yeah.
8: yeah. Good yeah. times. <laughs> Your dad was like the Philo Farnsworth of uh, Battleground. Yes. Right. All right. In all of talk birth. of
3: kids. Remember how we were talking earlier today? How every. We were talking about how, you know, you and your lovely wife don't have children. You're
2: child mm-hmm. free. That's and then right. We start talking
3: about everybody that we have in during the week. Nobody has kids.
2: Todd Tulsas, no kids. Don Taylor, no kids. Dave Walker, no kids. You, no kids.
8: Well, you know what it was that got me? Well, there are a number of factors, but the one big one is I was a total little insane brat. Right. Evil devil child. And you know you
3: would be punished if you spawned. Well, my
8: mom would always say, you know, I can't wait until you're older so you'll have a kid just my like mom said you. that to me, too. Yeah. And it's like, fooled you, woman. And
2: actually, and I never got, to be fair, my mom never gave me the whole like, I can't wait till you're tormented by, you know. My mom, I love my mom. My mother is a saint, and I know that all boys believe their mothers are saints. So that, that is true. And I am no different. My mm-hmm. mother is a sainted woman. She really is. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom, to be fair to my mother, uh, my mother was crazy when I was growing up. Uh, not crazy now. She, uh, for a lot of reasons, my mom was uh, about half nuts, sometimes mostly nuts, uh, when I was, when I was a, a younger person. And, uh, so then I kinda, uh, you know, then I moved away, like, soon sounds <laughs> like, like, I, I don't even think I was 18 when I was so like, like, a, you know, okay, can I put the d- first and last month's rent now? Can I? I'll be ready in like a week and a half. Just hold the room, you know? And I just bolted, man. I just ran as soon as I could get out of there. Same here. And then my mom, uh, over the subsequent years, uh, sort of became less crazy, Largely because she, she, she dumped my dad finally. And, uh, and just whatever. And became a lot more normal. And my mom now has reached this stage where she's just totally, absolutely rational and wonderful. But it's like with every kid, all of those weird, crazy mom traits lessened a little bit. You know what I mean? So it's like she, you know, because she has six kids. And by the time she got to my brother and I, I mean, really, and as of now, she is just like her expectations are so low. And I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just like she puts no pressure on us whatsoever at all to do anything like as long as we just don't end up in prison, you know, because it's like several of my siblings. It's like, you know, what would you do today? Well, I got expelled for selling uh, meth, uh, you know, in shop class. Well, that's great, son. So all of my siblings are just such F-ups. It's like as long as my brother and I don't, uh, you know, as long as we don't get caught with like a basement full of Cub Scouts or something, like we're gold. (laughs) And my mom puts no, I say all this because people complain about their parents. My mom puts no pressure on me uh, for kids she never put pressure on me to to get married. She has never once said like, "Well, radio's fun at all, but you should get a real job." Like she she has never done any of that. She's at, My mom is like um Charlotte at the end of Charlotte's Web, where it's like the babies are born and then she's like, "And now the wind will take them wherever they will go." And then, you know, and then Charlotte and Wilbur hang out and then everybody cries.
8: So there you go. You're no turning pressure. a little bit of melancholy right at the end there. But
2: that's your thing. It's like you 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 were like you're not
8: going to have a kid that's just like you were. Oh, yeah, you know, and and in my case, all my siblings, my three older siblings were were all good. Then I came along. Yeah. Yeah, well, Sarah has talked about the things that she did growing up, and it's like, I can't imagine
2: you having a kid like you sound like you were, if that makes sense. Oh,
3: no, I was a bastard.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's like. No, and
3: like the things, yeah, you know, as I've gotten older, I've told my mom, you know, plus like, you know, when I was a teenager, you know, sneaking out and drinking and, you know. Smoking cigarettes with my friends in like, their little brother's playhouses.
2: <laughs> yeah, didn't you? How, uh maybe this is a thing I'm.
3: Is this an off-their story?
2: I don't know. <laughs> it <laughs> Wait, it what sounds what like someone wants it to be. <laughs> never mind. Never mind. <laughs> no, I won't mind. even ask. No, because you stopped yourself. I'm like, <laughs> well, <Yeah. laughs> no, 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 no. There was a thing I was going to ask, and I I don't want to ask it on the air because if it's.
3: Do you want to ask me off-their real quick?
2: Yes. Let well, me oh, okay, okay. turn our mics probably. off here for a second. Okay. Hold okay. on. Am I just thinking of Winona Ryder and Reality Bites?
3: Yeah, no. <laughs> well, wow, and
2: you were naked through the whole thing too. Because you'd like you'd figured out how to like open the liquor cabinet or something?
3: No, I mean, um That was No, that would be like on the we like I I figured out where my mom hit the key and so we'd um like all of my friends that would be what we'd do. Like we'd all, all right. break into our parents' liquor cabinets and pour a little bit out all from right. each bottle into a water bottle, and then we'd all bring our water bottles over to the slumber. Well place. I
2: should clarify this. this is one of the case. I so I apologize. It's not like I I've never like, like I'm telling you, you know what... I have never told anybody that, but I guess in my head, no. I guess I, in my head, I thought you told <laughs> my me. My mom would have kicked my ass. Are you kidding me? Well, but how would she have known? I mean, I figured, I mean, I knew, I mean, I knew kids that I think pro- in retrospect, probably. What I said during the break, I, what, when the mic dropped off, I asked Sarah, I said, I said, Sarah, was it you that told me? That when you were kind of young, like eleven or twelve, that you would like occasionally, like you would drink some, you drink before school, Mm-mm. and then you said no, and so I, I don't know why I had that in my head. No, I
3: had a wholesome Catholic upbringing. I didn't, I wasn't corrupted <laughs> until I was like in ninth grade.
2: Weird. All
3: right, well, fair enough. Um, yeah, that's a very strange. I don't know like, why specific thing. I, I, I actually, I don't know anybody who would like. i you know, you hear stories like from people these days, but when I was younger, I didn't know anybody. Who...
2: Seriously, I think I, I think I might, in fact, be confusing you with that thing in reality bites. <laughs> 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 I don't know why. But you know, you look back though in your memory, you you look back at kids that you went to school with, and you and you like you look back now, and what is so obvious to you now wasn't really obvious them. Like I've looked back, and I know for a fact. I mean, I don't know, but I mean, I I would be I would bet you anything that I could look back and I could point out kids that were getting drunk before school or at school. Uh, you know, or that were, uh, uh, you know, where there was some weirdness in the home that, like, you didn't really see at the time, mm-hmm. but you look back down and you're like, every single sign, you know, was, was Actually, there. there were
3: a couple girls that I knew that I wasn't friends with that I know would, like, drink and stuff. Yeah.
2: Well, I apologize for thinking about that. <laughs> That's okay. okay.
3: No, and when I was told I was fifth grade, yeah, I was going to New Kids on the Block concerts and wearing matching, um... You know, dresses with my best friend Jenny Key. Excellent.
2: <laughs> oh, <that laughs> sounds so wholesome. Good for you. All right, got to take a break. We're going to be real late. Back after this with more Dave Schmicki. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere. Busy uh, giving Dave Schmidtty a cool refreshing viso he'd never tried one
3: I can't wait to see Dave Schmidt on caffeine.
2: and uh, he said uh, <laughs> he's
3: gonna be insane
2: <laughs> and this is this we I said uh, I said can I get you anything maybe a viso and he said huh a viso. and he said is that like a vitamin water and, and I said Dave Schmidt hold on wait
8: ah there you go see that's, that's good about. this that, is the... Uh... That's called
3: yeah, the and no calories no calories from the coffee.
8: <laughs> oh, okay. That ought to be fun. <gasps> uh, all right.
3: Facebook poetry. Facebook
8: poetry. Okay, wait, I'll read some more news. <laughs> uh, uh, Richie, who's? it says Steve
2: Castle now, but I know that's not the case. Who's on the warm line, please?
8: I'll drink some more of this.
2: Send me to check. Mm, no, he's there. And, ah, it's Katie Daryl. All right. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. Coming up later on today, we'll talk to Cena radio correspondent Jim Roop. Uh, we'll do another installment of Making a Scene for your pair of tickets to Oscar Night America uh, 2009. More news with uh, Dave Schmitke and so forth. And Facebook poetry from TMZ.com. Let's welcome to the show our good friend Katie Daryl. Hello, Katie Daryl. How are you?
6: I do. I'm doing good because I don't have 14 babies.
2: Yes, and you know what? And uh, that is a uh, when you know when you are at your, your darkest. Whenever the, the chips are down and the brakes are beating the boys. Whenever it seems that there will be no dawn to this endless night, you can look at yourself and say, "I am not the octo mom.
6: I
1: am a human being."
6: <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh. So have you heard the latest drama with this lady?
2: It's so hard to tell because it changes like every five seconds. So mm-hmm. what is the latest with the wombzilla? Woman?
6: Well, here's the wombzilla. I love it. Uh, well, the latest and greatest is, um, the house that she lives in, uh, might be officially foreclosed on. Uh, Nadia Suleiman lives with her mother and her 14 kids. And TMZ obtained documents, and they're all up online at TMZ.com, that shows that Nadia's mother hasn't paid the mortgage in over 10 months. And over $23,000 is due. Um, And so that means that payments haven't been made since May 2008, all right? The mortgage company has filed a notice of default and election to sell under deed of trust. So um, basically that translates that uh, you have to pay them now or else they're going to kick you out. So there's a chance uh, Octomom and her 14 kids may be out in the street sooner than we are all expected, quite you, frankly. You know,
2: this woman just seems, just my constitutionally protected opinion here, she just seems crazy in like a hundred different ways. It seems like the compulsive plastic surgery people, but yes. with her, it's like compulsive babying.
6: I, I agree entirely. I mean, this just doesn't seem like it's well thought out. Um, what's really freaky to me personally is how... Semi-well-spoken she is, you know? Like, you watch all the videos on TMZ.com. Uh, even yesterday we caught up with her and we were making a joke because uh, apparently we got some videos of Salma Hayek breastfeeding right. a malnourished child, I think, over in Africa. Um, and, and so we asked, you know, hey, do you need any help from Salma Hayek uh, to, <laughs> you know, feed your kids? And she's like, no, I've got it all covered. And we said, you know, would you plan on do a reality show? And she's like, no, I think that would be exploitation. So she actually sounds. Like, she's smart, but she's not acting like she's smart.
2: As somebody here said, she's already got a reality show. It is NBC News. Yeah, <laughs> uh, right, because exactly. She's fallen falling all over the... You know, it's just, which is fine, because, like, here we are talking. I have, I have it, 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 no problem with me. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm all for talking about it, because she's just so unbelievably... It's, it's like... My whole thing is, A, is it true that she has some weird Angelina Jolie fetish?
6: She claims no. She says that she's not obsessed with any celebrities, uh, that she thinks that people that are obsessed with celebrities... Um, are crazy. She thinks that they're just people and that, no, she sees no correlation between herself and the looks of Angelina Jolie.
2: And when you totally she nailed it, when you said it. her
6: are real, by the way. Well, and,
2: it, well, and she also doesn't seem as usually. It seems like, you know, you hear 14 kids. It's like, you know, you're picturing some uh, uh, banjo twanger from the Ozarks. You know, it's like Cletus the slack-jawed yokel and his <laughs> immense brood, which, it's, which is not. And, of course, she's also, like, she put up some web page that was like, send me money and stuff. Yeah. So
6: send me money, send me stuff. And she actually had a PR lady that was working with her who has officially quit uh, saying that she was getting death threats. So it's pretty interesting. Has anybody
2: managed to shake out the doctor who did this and, like, see what his deal is? It
6: hasn't officially come out. You know, what was really interesting is that Nadia said that she's used the same doctor for all the procedures. And one of the local Los Angeles news stations actually dug up some old footage that they did with a doctor. um, And Nadia was the patient in the video. um, And she was... Huge and pregnant, so it makes you go. Well, listen. If this doctor uh, was doing an interview and talking about his patient, who happened to be this Nadia lady, like four years ago, and she now has admitted that she's always used the same doctor. You, you know, crash your eyes, dot your teeth, <laughs> crash your teeth, dot your eyes. It should be the same person, but now she's backpedaling and saying it's now a different doctor. So she might be covering up for him.
2: All right, I'm making a prediction right now. Here's the thing: there eventually, whenever they uh, foreclose on the house uh, of this uh, this woman and her 14 kids. They're going to go in the basement, and they're going to find that doctor chained up in the basement. And it's going to come out that he was manacled there like Boy George style for the last yeah. four years. Yeah. They're going to go down there, and the doctor, uh, it's like, it'll be like a Boxing Helena thing. The doctor will have been imprisoned in her basement forever. And he will be like impregnating her at the butt of a gun or whatever, and he'll be, you know, the, you know, the, the cops will go down there to foreclose on the house, and you'll find him in the corner going, call the police. Yeah, so. he'll
6: be, he'll be hugging like a, a one of those igloo like koozie type uh, coolers that have, like all like the the petri dishes in it, and he's got a couple like Pez machines. But yeah, injectors.
2: Seriously. All right. Well, uh, good good God, it is just a, uh, it is just, it's a world gone not mad, but more mad. Uh, big plans for the Oscars, Katie Darrell
6: going to the Oscars hey now uh officially got some tickets I'll probably be the person when you're watching you're like who are the schmucks that have to sit up in the tippy top that'll be me but I'm still going and you're not so uh, suck it
2: I, <laughs> win that was solid win by the way next year I'm already preemptively offering to be your uh, like your seat filler or whatever like if you have to go up and get like refreshments or something so.
6: I'm gonna I'm gonna pack my own I'm bringing some that thing lasts like four hours televised. I'm bringing Eminem.
2: Uh I got one word for you. That word is flask. Yeah. <laughs> All right, excellent. KatieDaryl from com. All right, thank you so much, Katie. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks. Talk to you then. There Bye. you go. That's fantastic. Excellent. Katie Daryl, ladies and gentlemen. That was wonderful. I didn't really expect the conversation to end that way, but boy, how am I glad, glad it did. I like her. I admire her spunk and youthful exuberance, Dave Schmicky. All right. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? I am fantastic. How's everyone fantastic. doing out there in America? So, so well. Uh, let's do like a couple here, then we'll break. We'll come back at the top. Uh, Jim Rube will join us on the other side. Uh, later on, we've got to do another installment of Making a Scene, Facebook Poetry, and maybe the top five. So we'll do a couple more here before we break.
8: Okay. All right. Well, let's go to Sedalia, Missouri. Police are looking for pranksters who hijacked a Taco Bell drive through radio signal and used it to shout vulgarities to customers. Well, I really think that's a great idea. Is this, but, I mean, when you said they hijacked it, is this like from their home? Well, now, apparently you have to be fairly close to the restaurant for it to work, but the suspects posed as Taco Bell employees in a Tuesday afternoon episode, which lasted just a few minutes.
2: You know, the great thing about this is boys, <laughs> have they caught who did it? Uh, they they have not caught who did it they do not know the gender yes you do they're teenage boys that's the thing i'll tell you right now you're looking for the have you seen this man and then it's just a picture of butthead because that's who does this right because when you think about it it's a taco bell yeah i mean because the teenage male mind is just it's like a funnel where no matter how much intelligence and wit and guile and cleverness is up here it always just comes out as like a butt joke or something at the end. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, they're smart enough that, like, I couldn't do this. They're smart enough to, to figure out a way to break in somehow to the, to the you know, the, the audio chain at the drive through thing. But, the, but, you know, but what are they using it to yell? Like, you know, your, your ass is huge. <laughs> boom, You know, whatever. And then, and then they go back to just is sitting there and, and giggling like idiots in the basement. So, I mean, good for them. But, I, you know, it's not like it's difficult to come up with a profile.
8: No, I think you're right, and and police say even though the intruders meant it to be a joke, believe, this is what's stupid to me. They could face charges.
2: Well, but it's I mean, like really, you know, it's like those uh, people that have been the uh, they've been changing the zombie. And I, Thomas, the tech guy, gets upset when I say hacking, but I, you know, but I'm just going to say this, the word. Everybody knows. I've been hacking into those street signs or the 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 road construction signs mm-hmm. that are like you know uh, potholes ahead one mile. But they've been changing them all to be like zombies, run for your life, which is fantastic. I'm telling you right now. I guess you should obey the law and you should respect regulations and authority and so forth. That being said... You know, if you decide, like, in and of, uh, you know, your own volition, you decide that you're going to break the law, and you decide you're going to be one of those guys that's putting up zombie warnings and signs, Rick Emerson it, thinks it's fantastic. Just FYI. I'm not telling you to do it, but if you were already going to do it, I give a strong thumbs up.
8: Well, and Dave Schmitke thinks if you can uh, shut vulgarities from a Taco Bell drive through window, then more power to you.
2: I mean, uh, and who, I mean, uh, look, for me, it's just, you know what it is? It's like a little act, uh, extra added uh, entertainment value. You know what I mean? Like, you know, so I'm not just giving, like getting the Mexican pizza and the seven-layer thing. I'm
8: also getting hilarity, and that's free of charge, and
2: we need that now more than ever.
8: Right. We need, uh, you know, some jocularity in our lives.
2: Exactly. By the way, uh, this will come to no one's uh, surprise. Our good friend Siegfried says, hey, I drank during high school and junior high, mostly the second period, every day. I had espresso in a large espresso thermos. This is way before Starbucks was in Portland or lattes became an in thing. The only thing is the espresso thermos had Baileys in it every day. Uh, signed. I know it's a bit of a shocker from Siegfried, P.S. I turned out fine. Really? This is a classy morning drinker. No, Siegfried is all about style. Wasn't
3: right. well, he like H.R.D.s rocking the Baileys?
2: H.R.D.s? H.R.D. Vodka.
3: Oh, oh, Hood River. You kids. What does that mean? Hood River Distillery. Oh, H.R.D.s like a, a really. I don't think. No, they don't advertise. They're no vodka. <laughs> But I mean, they're like, kind of <laughs> like of vodka. Make,
8: she had to make sure they weren't a sponsor first Speaking She's in total ellipses right now. Yeah. So it's
3: basically like well vodka.
8: Oh, so it's, it's the
2: sort of the bottom. Of,
3: yeah, so that's what I was making the comparison. It's the
2: Admiral Nelson's. Yeah,
3: so well vodka.
2: I was talking about Admiral Nelson's rum the other day, and somebody thought I was making it up. Because Admiral Nelson, I think, is also the guy in I Dream of Genie. Is that not, isn't he the guy on, on I Dream of Genie? <laughs> what are you do? You know, and it, it, where's your naval? But it's, he's, or I guess he's Captain Nelson, Major Nelson? Uh, maj- yeah, that sounds right. Major Nelson, the Larry Hagman guy. But yeah. if you go to the uh, liquor store across the street, mm-hmm. you look, and there's the Captain Morgans, It's right up here. Mm-hmm. And then you look, literally, it's like the absolute bottom shelf, and it's all covered in dust, and it is Admiral Nelson's spiced rum, and it, it's like two dollars and ninety nine cents for like the big, you know, like the big tankard of it. So. And boy, do you pay
8: for it drinking cheap rum? You know, mm-hmm. it's uh,
3: oh, I can't even remember the last time I had rum. Oh, rum is so great. Well, you
8: know, if you're ever in the Caribbean, though, it's a it's completely different. Yeah. First of all, the bottle that we pay forty dollars for here costs seven bucks there. And you can seemingly drink almost a never-ending stream of it and never have a hangover. Is that true? Is it because, I, like, you're... Uh, I've tried. I've <laughs> tried. I'm
2: going to get a hangover if it's the last thing I do. Honey, you may wish to leave. It's going to be serious business around here. All right, let's take a break. Back after this, more from Dave Schmicky, Jim Roop around the corner. Uh, later on, making a scene. And we'll do the top five as well. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503 uh, 733 Before the end of today's show, we will give away another pair of tickets to Oscar Night America 2009, happening Sunday at Portland's Historic Hollywood Theater. Red carpet hosts include Darcel, Rochelle Crystal, Jay Malone, Rod Hill from K2, and of course... Uh, Sarah Dillon, Tim Riley, and uh, myself, tickets at FilmAction.org. And we'll uh, give some of those away later on. We'll do another installment of Making a Scene. So if you can recreate a scene, speech, sequence, or... There was a fourth one. Scene, sequence, speech, or... Stuff. Whatever. Uh, from a, uh, a sequence, from a film, uh, you win uh, those tickets. So we got that. More with uh, Dave Schmidtke here in just a moment. Let's welcome out to the Rick Emerson Show from Los Angeles... CNN Radio correspondent and Golden God Jim Rook. Hello, sir. How are you, man? I am. Uh, I am fantastic. Uh, is how I am, and that's uh, normally I say that, and I'm just lying to cover the pain within. Today, it's actually true. Today, I really <laughs> so do good. feel fantastic. Good. So, um, well, this is an awkward segue <laughs> from me feeling fantastic to that darn California economy. Um, so we already had this. Let's just go in steps here, because. First, it was that the uh, if you worked for the state, that, like, your hours were going to back or your days were getting cut back or something. And I all that...
9: state workers are furloughed two days a month. That's two days a month without pay every other Friday.
2: And so, and that just means furlough just, and that's an interesting term because it just basically means uh, two days you're to, being told you can't work and you're not going to get paid. Right. Not per, So it's like an unpaid personal day, basically.
9: Yeah, and that'll go through 2010.
2: That's going to, 2000, really?
9: 14 months.
2: So all the way, it's going to go up until or months, through? Whatever it is. All right, so all the way through next year as well. Yes. Good God. Um, And then then it said somewhere that Schwarzenegger was just going to be, there's going to be sacking a whole bunch of people too, right?
9: He sent out uh, pink slips to 20,000 state workers in corrections, in health and human services, and a few other agencies, uh, folks with the least seniority. Uh, But he's, you know, he's vowing to cut 20% of the workforce. Um, It it was first, it was just going to be the furloughs. And now that since they can't get a budget together and, next week we're supposedly running out of cash um, he's got to lay people off and so all state workers you know uh, everybody's in the mix here for a, for a layoff but he's starting off with uh, the least seniority state workers in certain agencies
2: you know and it's weird because like you, first of all i maybe the wrong people to talk about this cuz i don't know anything about it, about the economy i mean i got you know i kind of i have a layman's knowledge maybe a little bit more than that but i mean i only know it as an end user in other words you know, uh, I know about sort of your personal economy, personal finance. I know how to how to uh, how it feels on the outside. So I don't really know how it, the underpinnings of the economic system. But you do have to ask yourself, like, where is the tipping point here? I mean, if you just fire. It seems maybe it's just a thing of perception, but I don't think so, because those unemployment numbers, they're using sort of like hard, uh, factual statements like the biggest layoffs in January, like ever and stuff. So you have to ask yourself, like, at what point are they going to fire so many people that the ship is just, we pass the center of gravity and the whole
4: thing just tips over?
9: Well, I think, I think well, obviously, we're in a major correction right now. And I think what's going to happen here is that the stronger companies are going to rise to the top and the smaller companies are going to go away. What that's going to mean to the workforce eventually, I don't know. Um, the stimulus package that the president supposedly enacted here is supposed to help create jobs. I don't know how that's going to happen. But – uh, you know, it's it's just it's the weirdest thing. I, it, it feels like not that I recognize the feeling too much, but it feels like this is a lot more than just a recession that we're going through right now because everybody seems to be feeling it, and no one's safe anymore in 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 the workplace. I mean, it's it's a little scary out there.
2: I asked uh, Lisa Desjardins about this yesterday. I said, you know, she had a degree, a degree in economics, and I said, what? I said, okay, the recession is like whatever two or more quarters of negative growth or something or other. And I said, what's a depression? And she said, actually, nobody knows. She said, that's the weird thing is that there wasn't one agreed upon definition. The colloquialism you always hear is a recession is when you're out of uh, out of work, but it, uh, or a recession is when your neighbor's out of work, and a depression is when you are out of work. And the thing is, like, the odds are about, you know, 50-50 that one of those things is true for you right now. Either you are unemployed or, like, the guy next door to you is unemployed. And so it just seems like we are crossing into that weird nether region between uh, the R-word and the D-word.
9: Well, the the weird thing about this state right now is that even if a budget is signed this minute, if at 2.12 in the afternoon they sign a budget, that doesn't mean the hole is filled in. So there's all of this – I mean, we have the lowest credit rating in the nation. That means we pay the highest interest rates on bonds and everything else. It's going to take forever to climb out of that hole. Uh, It's going to take forever to get businesses back to the point where they can rehire again. It's going to take forever for us just to get state tax refunds, because right now they're delaying the tax refunds. They're delaying paying vendors and contractors because we're running out of money. We can't get a budget, so we can't sell the bonds to pay the high interest rate, so we can't produce revenue. The only way to reduce a $42 billion deficit is a combination of tax increases and spending cuts, deep cuts. And you got the Republicans posturing, saying they refuse to sign a budget or pass a budget. That includes tax increases. Okay, then that means instead of $14 billion in cuts – you want $30 billion in cuts then. You would rather cut education programs and health care and so on so you don't raise taxes. Forget the politics, folks. Let's compromise. And that's not what's happening.
2: By the way, it's, I find it interesting to think of a cre- of a state having a credit rating. You know, because they building, well, your credit score is 751 or whatever. <laughs> it, I love the idea of the state of California sitting down across the table from a guy who's just going, I don't know, I mean, look at all this rent-to-own furniture. I just, uh, where... The- why did you decide to buy this waffle iron on layaway? This doesn't make any sense, California. I'm sorry. No, it's uh, no. you're going to have to get a job as a dancing foam uh, dollar bill out on the street corner uh, for the next five or six years. And then maybe we'll revise it. All right. I gotta have to go see Oklahoma next. Have a good day.
9: Yeah. It's, 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 it's I mean, I'll, I, I'll tell you what I'm not seeing out of the legislature either. They get 200 bucks a day in per diem. I don't see them. I don't see them giving
2: that up. Hey, just by the way, this does segue into a couple of things. First of all, are you going to the Oscars, by the way? Yes. All right. See, yeah. See, everybody, I'm, I'm not, I'm not bitter about it. I'm really. Not, I'm just saying, everybody we know, they go to the Oscars. Yes, I am. Um, so you're going I to the don't Oscars? go. Well, see, that's the great thing about you, though. <laughs> you know what it is? You're, you are like a, um, you're like a, you're like, I don't know, some sort of like a really, uh, some sort of like a really uh, wonderful sort of a uh, sugary confection with like a chaser of motor oil. You know what I mean? Thanks. Man. You know, no, no. I so, you know what I say, but you know that I say that, that that's one of your most endearing traits. Or like, you know, or with like a shot of whiskey. Like, what would you like as? A, what would you like as the? You know, as the follow-up to this ice cream? I'd like some Everclear, please. It's like boy, to the Oscars. To hate, like that's the, like the, Jim Roop ends all of his story. I'm going to the uh, I'm going to the Emmys this weekend. To hate, and <laughs> then you bring the hate, and it's fantastic. So,
9: but you, you have to understand why. Um, first of all. I, they already make enough money. We don't have to spend millions of dollars to pat them on the back. That's number 1. Number 2, there are so many of these damn award shows. Number 3, it's a long freaking day. <laughs> I mean, it's early till very very late and then through the next morning. And and I hate entertainment reporters because they think they're just as big as the entertainers they're covering. And and it's just I just hate the environment it 's toxic
4: and here
2: 's and just just to wrap this all up with a big acrid bow, um, so the other thing you 're talking about and we don 't have to talk too much about it is this, like, all the SAG negotiations, and you want to talk about like the worst possible environment in which whatever the reality is and you and I both know that the Tom Hanks and then the average working stiff actor uh, are two different worlds entirely so however much reality and perception may be different this is really not the right time uh for actors to begin agitating uh, that you know not for employment but for more money this is really not the right to, the right time for them to be beating that particular drum i would think
9: you're absolutely right
2: yes yes i am
9: I just, jim i just uh... And I just just ruined my day, so I remember I got to put previews together, and then I have to put. A, uh, where's my tux anyway?
2: <laughs> I don't know. All right, this is like my superpower. I can ruin days. Hello, Jim Roop, How are you? Great. Five minutes later. Hello, Jim. How are you? I hate everything. I'm going to go drink. All right. On that note, my friend, let uh, you go find that tux that
8: seems to have gone missing.
1: Thanks. See you. See you soon. There you go, right. Jim Roop. Wow.
2: The a black rainbow he was.
8: I'm with him, though, because you try to watch Entertainment Tonight or some of those shows, and they're talking about what dresses people are wearing. And it's, you know, as a person who is currently unemployed, I don't care. Right, right. I really don't care. Why well, don't you take some of the money, a quarter of the money that you spend on this big piece of crap, and actually give it, put it somewhere where it'll make a difference.
2: I think it probably alienates people, uh, people and I think it probably stops people from viewing. Like us was talking about this after, what were the last one, the Grammys? I think it was the last one. And he was talking, you know, because everybody started talking about the economics. It's kind of it what's happening. And Lycus was talking about, you know, he said, you know, you can, they, they can throw figures out of the screen and they can show you a chart and a pie graph and a line and a thing that goes this way and like, you know, like some arrow that used to go up and now it goes sideways. And He said, but the reality is, like, it's he, his whole way of phrasing. He said, well, you are like your spending party is over. Like the, the spending party has just ceased for now. But he was talking about the Grammys. It's like when they have like the seventy thousand dollar gift bag and like what's this? Well, it's a it's a skirt made out of uh, pressed emu, and it costs three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Like it just seems like it was always retarded, but it just seems like it this seems unbelievably wastefully retarded now. It is, as they say in Tropic Thunder, full retard.
8: I love that movie. Yeah, I
2: I love Robert Downey Jr. that movie yeah. more than I love the actual movie. But uh, all right, let's do a couple more here, and then we'll take a
8: break. Because I know you've uh, you've got a busy day of whatnotting ahead of you. <laughs> a
0: go people to see. All
8: right, <laughs> things to do. Well, according to researchers at the University of Chicago, isolating yourself from human contact Done. triggers all sorts of terrible body responses.
2: Oh, sorry.
8: Including upping your blood pressure. Hold on, I'm all itchy. <laughs> releasing a stress hormone co- called cortisol, which, hey, by the way, makes you fat. Not anything that you guys have to worry about at all. Oh, you. And makes you. You neither, my friend. You're not itchy. Oh, husky. Good god. No, you're a husky. Watch out. I. You know the We Fit game. Maybe yes. Did try the We Fit game. I got on that thing a couple of weeks ago. So you thought you were all winded? Oh, no, no, no. It, it, I got on that thing, and you know, you have to go through the whole profile about your height and your balance and all this stuff. Do you know what that machine got that, As soon as I'm done, it's like my little figure that I composed with all my eyebrows and nose and face and everything <laughs> went... <laughs> You oh, know? you're obese! Do you know what he's talking about here?
2: Yes,
3: yeah, so well, I've, I've played Wii Bowling with my parents.
8: Have you done the Wii Fitness
2: thing? No. It is. is pad you stand oh, on. Dude, it is fantastic and horrifying. And I'll, and I'll tell you what, there's because uh, Lara did uh, a variation on that. And so the deal with the Wii Fitness, for part of it, is that yeah, you create this avatar, which Microsoft then stole for the 360, of course. But uh, there's an avatar where you make, like a, basically a little guy that kind of looks like a, like a little egg-looking guy that is sort of like yourself. Mm-hmm. But then the Wii Fitness, well, then I think it actually sort of updates and tweaks it based on, like, what what you actually weigh and what you look like or, you know, what what it's sort of your body type. But Laura was doing this one where it will tell you your dexterity, your skill, your strength in terms of age. In other words, you have the dexterity of a 25-year-old. It it gives you physical age. So she's doing the – and I'll say my wife is uh, in her 30s. We'll, We'll put it that way. I think that's how we agreed to refer to her. So my wife is in her 30s. And she's doing the thing with it, where it makes you like return, like a, a you know, like you have to bat a ball, and then there's a ping pong thing, and then you have to do something, other. and so it gets done, and it goes, congratulations, you are seventy <laughs> seven.
8: That's about what it did to me. So great. <laughs> and what's funny with the with the Wii fitness system, if you don't, if you if you go through the whole thing and you play a few games, and you don't come back for a couple of days, anybody else who's on that same machine who's who's gone through the same profile, it will start asking them where you are. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I yes. haven't seen Dave. I haven't seen that big fat ass Dave for a couple of <laughs> days. Is he out eating donuts? What's he doing?
2: I love the idea that Hal has actually arrived, and it's in the shape of a little white paddle you hold in your hand so you can play badminton in your living room. Uh, It's it's a little spooky. But it has the kooky Nintendo voice, like, I'm sorry, Dave, I can't do that because you're (laughs) too fat.
8: Uh, Well, anyway, when it comes to this particular um, uh, report, researchers say the overall health difference between a lonely person and a popular person was akin to that between a smoker and a non-smoker. So even if you don't smoke, drink, or overeat, you might want to at least join Facebook, or you may as well have been doing shots of Jaeger before breakfast. Is that
2: editorial input there, or is that actually in the story? That's in
8: the story. Well, journalistic standards are not what they used oh, to be. Oh, I don't see sure. the AP style book in this thing at all. No. I mean, well, like this next line. And conversely, if your idea of healthy living is a dozen Krispy creams slathered in duck fat with a stoly chaser consumed among friends. Who wrote this story? You'll be just fine. This is NBC. Did Hunter Thompson NBC? write this from beyond the grave? NBC Philadelphia Health. By the way. Uh, Philadelphia Health. Uh,
2: I I should read this. We got an email from uh, Dave Schmitke's lovely wife. Uh, Hey, Rick and Sarah, my hubby's on your show today, and I think he's mentioned in the past we have a cat with a most unusual talent. Oh, God. I know you're a dog person, and so are we. However, right now we just have cats. Plus, this cat acts more like a dog. Now, I would play this video link, but I'm not entirely certain that the lightning fast CBS internet connection would allow it to actually function properly. So I'm going to put this on the uh,
8: blog later instead. Okay. What would we see your cat doing if I were to click on this link, Dave? Uh, the, the cat actually, uh, and, and really I apologize for people who aren't cat, cat fans because I can sympathize with you. It gets no, no, a little, so that little we strange. I
3: like cats, they're just a little
8: evil. They're just evil. Well, they are, and, but I think that's inherently their nature, and yeah, so it's that's fine. fine. Mm-hmm. Um, this cat will actually bring a ball to you, drop it in your hand. And then you throw it, and, and she will go get it, and, and she actually fetches like a dog. That's and, kind of
0: weird.
3: Have you watched the video? It's damn no. cute.
8: Really? Well, it's really? It's really weird, you know, and she, uh, I, I, a friend of ours actually started her doing this, so we just kind of came home from vacation all of a sudden we have this fetching cat. Uh, and she's really kind of an a-hole a lot of the times, but um, she has her moments, you know, she'll attack your feet, and she's, she's got def- a definite personality, but uh, if you don't play fetch with her, she will drive you nuts. Well, okay, then. I was
3: watching the interview with Helen and she was saying that um it was a cat that was on the show, and then she yeah you it. know the
8: humane society brings animals in uh, to a m Northwest when uh, I
3: worked on coin they did that too, and like little
2: dogs and
8: everything oh it's it's dangerous for for us pet lovers because you know they'll come in and it's like
2: oh. And
8: it's like, honey, we have 14 animals. We don't need any more. And then at
2: the end, they put it in a box and take it away. Yeah. And by the way, uh, she signs it. By the way, you two are very entertaining. Thanks. Uh, Helen, P.S. Have you shown Dave the two girls one cup video yet? See, that's a wife right there. That's yeah. a wife who cares. <laughs> no, that'll be, uh, that'll be for next. We'll show you the glass ass
8: video next time. <laughs> do you, know, glass do you know what i are talking about? Uh, you guys always tell me that. It's like, oh, don't look at. It. Pretty soon, I won't be able to look at anything on the internet. No, you have to know <laughs> you. You can as long as it's here. Okay,
2: fine. Yeah, you know. All right. Uh, on that note, my friend, uh, we should probably take a break here. we we'll come back. Here we have making a scene still to come, uh, Facebook poetry as well, and we'll uh, try to squeeze in at least one of these two top fives. Like us uh, coming up at three. Michael Mara show at seven. Phil Hendry at eleven.
8: Dave Schmitke as always. It is a pleasure, Rick. Sarah, always fun to see you guys. Have a great time,
2: Dave Thanks Schmitke at Comcast. We'll put that web uh, or the uh, email address on the website uh, later on today. Dave Schmitke, ladies and gentlemen, back after this with the Rick Mercer program. Stay there. complaints I would have would be, uh, you know, and, and really, I don't even have that many complaints about this place. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, I've worked in, I mean, not like everybody here is, like, it's not like everybody here is absolutely normal. It's not like you don't have occasional dust-ups with people. But I, I tell you, working here, I just, I have worked in buildings and at stations and in companies where it's just, it was so unpleasant every day, where everybody just despised everybody else, and it, like, that really isn't, that That is not the issue here. So I don't
1: even really have that.
2: I'm sorry. We, uh, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Hello. Hello. Um, so We were talking about our uh, exciting new bit, which sort of just was an ad hoc thing. It was an ad hoc creation yesterday called You Know Who You Are, which is an opportunity to speak directly to someone that you're not really able to confront, uh, like in the real world. Like, let's say, if you know someone who is an attractive man, but who has... Was, you know, it's something that must be called, like, the worst mustache ever. Uh, or if you're Don Taylor and you know someone whose body odor offends, mm-hmm. but who doesn't seem to want to do anything about it.
3: You know who would be a good contender? Remember the person upstairs who was sitting next to the other person, and they wanted you to call the other person out on the air so they'd stop doing this
2: annoying Yeah, things? yeah. See, but see, but that's the thing. But I can't do one about anybody who works here because... No, but I'm
3: saying, like, maybe that person would want to come down. Wow. Because, uh... you know, they wouldn't have to say... Who it was, but maybe it will help like expunge
2: it. You yep. know, like so. Here's the thing. So, the, so the bit which I don't think we're going to do now, but just to, by way of explanation, it is a. It's just a chance for you to sort of anonymously uh, vent about an annoying behavior somebody has, a tick they have, something they need to change, something they need to do. And we do know somebody, and it's nobody in this room, nobody on the show. We do know somebody who works upstairs who has just just a very, very deep, serious, and abiding loathing of a behavioral tick that someone else upstairs has. And that's all I'm going to say.
3: Man, I'm looking at your list, and it's totally... Okay.
2: That being said, I'm just saying, I don't know that I want to... I'll ask that person after the show today if they want to come on. Well,
3: between you and I, we're going to run out of... People. I mean, we
2: need to have other people come in and do their. You oh, know. Oh no, no. So, what well, like David Walker's not going to have a long. And the thing about David Walker is he won't even do it anonymously. I won't care. He'll be like, and Ted, I hate, I hate you. Uh, but no, at some point we'll open it up to the listeners because you know the audience will have that. So we can do it via phone. We can do it. You know, because because you're not using the name of the person that you're criticizing. It's like you yourself don't have to be anonymous. So I created a whole bed though, which is just the. It's just the instrumental of That's What Friends Are For. I spent like 20 minutes making this uh, last night. That's what I do with my life. There you go. Oh. 503 733 32970. Here's what we're going to do, and in what order. Uh, in just a moment, we are going to read uh, today's installment of Facebook Status Poetry. Uh, that is in uh, just a moment here. But uh, in the meantime, in between time, we're going to do one more round of making a scene. And I think we've already got uh, somebody on hold for this. What we'll do is we'll throw up the phones of a few other people, and then we'll just uh, it, it sort of pick one of the calls randomly without having screened it. It is your chance to reenact a sequence, scene, uh, or speech from a film. If you can do it, it's got to be from memory. can't be off uh, script. can't be reading it off the page or anything. You call up at 503 733 503-733-2- 970, And if you can reenact a sequence, scene, or speech from a film from memory, you will win a pair of tickets to go to Oscar Night America 2009. Oscar Night America 2009 happening this coming Sunday at the Historic Hollywood Theater. You can find out more at filmaction.com. It is a red carpet event, including Rochelle Crystal, Darcel, Sarah Dillon, Tim Riley, myself, Rod Hill from K2, uh, and more. So, uh, again, tickets. I don't know what to wear. I see, and the thing is, I recognize that as a guy, it's so easy because a tux is a. A tux is the perfect clothing, and I'll tell you why. Because it is pretty unimpeachable. uh, Unimpeachable. I mean, unless you're doing like the weird, the fly blue rental. Like, if you're just doing the classic black and white tux, you can never go wrong. Mm-hmm. And it's like sixty bucks. And I mean, that can go
3: completely wrong with a dress. I don't even know. And it's, it's expensive. To... And it's expensive. That's the thing
2: about a dress. It's like not only could it be a mistake, it could be a huge, expensive mistake. Like a tux is... And
3: Darcel, like one of the like m- most well-known drag queens in the country, is going to be there, and yes. I can't look like a jackass.
2: Can't you? To be pretty. Oh. Uh, well, I think you will. I mean, I'm just uh, look. Uh, you're going to be next to Darcel at some point, but you're also going to be next to to Richie, who still, God bless him, he's got all the heart in the world. But he seems to have a bit of a tenuous grasp on what makes a good drag queen. So I, I would say that, like, even in some worst-case scenario, if you felt like you didn't look your best, and I'm sure you will, but if you felt in, in the back of your brain, he has a small voice saying, I don't know, I feel like I could I could somehow look better. There's one small thing. There's some tiny act that I could take that would make me look better. That act is standing next to Richie. So just keep that. That'll be like a breaking case of, you know, like an emergency thing. Yeah, Like in case of, uh, you know, neuroses, stand next to Richie Bristol. So, Richie, uh, go ahead and if you want uh, kind of go through these calls and see if these are uh, folks who are making uh, a scene, then we'll pick one randomly, and then uh, that person will reenact a, a scene from a movie live here on the air for a chance at uh, Oscar. America 2009 tickets. In the meantime, ladies and gentlemen, where did my uh, Facebook poetry and uh, music go? Uh, this is the other thing that I labored over this morning. Let's see. I took it out to, because of the. Uh, that's what friends are for. All right. And uh, it is right... There we go. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, the Rick Emerson Show presents Facebook Status Poetry from Wednesday. Kristen is replaying the early morning kitty drama in her head.
0: Ay, Dios mio.
2: Brent is hoping Creed will make a comeback.
3: I'm friends with somebody who wrote that.
2: Brent then augments it with Ooh, just changed my mind. Teresa can barely contain herself for Top Chef tonight. Tara is at her desk. Really? Chris is a bookkeeper's son who doesn't want to shoot no one. Jeremy bought a Coke for Jason. Now, I need to find another $1. twenty-five for a Mountain Dew. Scott is doing the low-carb thing and really misses chocolate, Doritos, bread, hot tamales, french fries, pancakes, Dr. Pepper, lasagna, Snickers, McDonald's, etc. Matt is enjoying the quite after the storm. Once again, Matt. Is enjoying the quite after the storm. Tara is on the air. Hi. Carrie swears an airplane just tried to land on her roof. Dennis is finding music for the kink listener sets weekend. Is so full of phlegm, it isn't even funny. Terry says, Heck yeah. It's Wednesday. Joni is still grumpy about the world's lamest casket match. Storm is going to meet a brand new human. Sean likes you. Reed is slumming in Salem.
0: Alicia says, Wakey, wakey, eggs and bakey.
2: There you
1: go. Another exciting installment of
2: Facebook Status Poetry. All right, it's 503 uh, 733 Richie, are these all for uh, making a scene?
3: All right. All right, these tickets are worth a lot, too, so we're not going to take any half-assed attempts. That's
2: the thing, again. It will be in the, the sole estimation of Sarah Dillon and myself whether you were successful. All right, uh, so we got uh, these four lines here, Sarah. So how shall we, uh, how shall we choose between them?
3: <sighs> I do not know, Rick. All right, well, you here's... see what order they call them?
2: Uh, yeah, well, there's one guy who's kind of been on hold for a long time, but, the th- but, th- but to be fair... Like, we didn't say, like, we didn't put out the call to action. When, mm-hmm. Like, we did that, we granted that with the first guy because he was the first guy out of the gate. So it's not like we said, like, you got to call now. And, and so Why like, don't we pick one of uh, the other
3: ones and then have him second if the other person chucks it?
2: Uh, whatever. That's a good, okay. That's a really, really good suggestion. So here's the thing. Uh, so I'm looking at you at Scott. Scott, you're on hold there. Scott, hang on. So what we're going to do is uh, I am going to uh, randomly pick one of the other calls, and if that person uh, doesn't make it, then you will be second up. So don't go anywhere. It could be yours. All right. Uh, so I'm going to, uh, let's see, heads line three, tails line four. All right. Here we go. This is, hello. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Who might this be? I am Jeff. How, how are you, uh, Jeff?
9: Very well, sir. Right. Very well, thank you. Are
2: you ready to uh, make a scene for us?
9: To make a scene here on KCMD Portland.
2: Thank you. Uh, <laughs> hey, by the way, can I ask you just a little point of uh, show clarification here? And I know that I'm the one who who came up with it, but I can't remember. Voice one or voice two? He's voice. Which one is two? Two's the older man? I, I think see... he's voice one. And I see, but is one the older? If one the older guy and two was the younger guy? Yeah,
3: yeah. One is older. Two is younger. Three is
2: shiny. three is nerd. <laughs> Okay. All right. So you are voice... Okay. Hello, voice two. All right.
3: I'm so pleased that I'm not voice
9: three.
2: No, no, because there's voice one, which is the, hi, my name is Smokey. And voice two is, you know, you. And then voice three is a massively multiplayer online role-playing game where you join the guild and fight monsters. All right. What uh, scene will you be reenacting, sir?
9: I would like to reenact the scene, the Pentaverit scene from So I Married an Ex-Murderer.
2: All right. Ladies and gentlemen... Voice number two uh, now recreates So I Married an Axe Murderer on Rick Emerson's Making a Scene. Sir, make that scene. It's a
10: well-known fact, Sonny Jim, that there is a secret organization known as the Pentaveret that meets tri-annually in a mountain resort known as the Meadows. They are the Queen, the Vatican, the Gettys, the Rothschilds, and Colonel Sanders before he went... Stop. You ask... Why do I hate the Colonel? Oh, with his wee-goody eyes, looking at you, saying, oh, you're going to eat my chicken. It puts an addictive chemical
9: in it that makes your crave it nightly, smart-ass. End scene.
2: All right, Sarah? Do we feel that that is a successful recreation I want a little, of a I, scene?
3: I, I, I feel on top of that. I need a little, like, cherry on top. I need a little Harriet, sweet Harriet.
9: Harriet, sweet Harriet. I'm... I'm not quite so good with the Harriet, sweet Harriet, but I do have something
2: else. Sarah? Okay. What are my choices for bread? And she said, quite please, please, Sarah, don't put the chocolate bagel. Okay, gold. Fantastic. You win. <laughs> You are made out of wind, sir. All right, congratulations. I'm going to put you on hold. Uh, my uh, apologies to the other two guys. Scott, you've been on hold for a while, so my, I'm sorry about that. Uh, well, and we have then, more um, okay, but Yeah, we're going to be doing two more pairs tomorrow, so that's the thing. So be listening. Sometimes, let me ask you this, and other radio people know what I'm talking about. Sometimes when you see uh, somebody's on hold and you see the light go out, in your head, can't you just hear that they're going, God damn it, and then mm-hmm. just, like angrily punching so the off button? I'm sorry. And then you, but then you get this. Please don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to slag the audience or the caller. But like you can hear them hanging up angrily, just like you, can, it, it, just like you know your own name. You know that they are punching that button with extreme prejudice. Mm-hmm. And then you realize that you are, in fact, feeling bad for not giving free stuff to a stranger. So there you go. I've moved on. Rick has moved on from that guilt. Uh, but tomorrow we're gonna to be doing two more pairs. That's the thing. So uh, tomorrow, two more pair of tickets to Oscar Night America, two thousand nine. You can buy tickets to find out more at Filmaction.org. All right, let's take a break. Back after this, it is the Rick Emerson radio program. Don't go anywhere. We return around the corner. <laughs> Yeah, that was really, that was a full-on shiny moment you just had right there. It's lost. So tomorrow, I thought we were doing lost in 4.03. No, it's
3: 4.00. Four, four, now I'm, now you're talking about 4.15. Why is it 4.15, because sir? Because that's the sequence of numbers.
2: What's the sequence of numbers? It's
3: shiny. Um, I think it's...
2: You think? I don't know, Rick.
3: No, I don't. I always forget. It's, uh, three...
2: Is there a dial tone in the background? Has somebody got a no, to off I, the this hook? No, the
3: most foreboding, like... <laughs> Seriously, that wasn't me.
2: Wasn't me. No, this is Dvachka, though. It's freaking me out.
3: This song is so creepy. I can't believe you didn't put it on your apocalyptic songs. Every time I listen to this song, I get this creepy, like, feeling that something's gonna go horribly awry.
2: I feel like the song's about to give me a seizure. Uh, 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 uh. This is weird. It's making my head swim. This is pretty foreboding.
3: It's pretty creepy. I didn't see it on your list of.
2: But my ill conceived list? Yes. Right. This is pretty great.
3: Right. It's a huge, yeah, it's a large.
2: Do you feel we have time to do the top five?
3: Probably not now. Oh, for the love of God! <laughs>
2: Is this clean? Uh, what do you think? Well, I'm just, I do because then we let it go. Because, I mean, we hadn't planned to play this. Now, now we you know, right now, you, if you listen really closely, you can hear Seamus, like, slamming something down angrily and beginning to I pound have, it's, it's out. It's like the
3: fourth time I've loaded up this lungs
2: with it. He's, like, typing an angry, like, for the
3: love of
0: God!
3: Well, what else can we do? Should we bring Richie in and talk to him about the
2: rave? Oh, fine. Hey, instead of that, why don't we play a Little Wayne? Let me get this Little Wayne. <gasps> yeah, get this Little Wayne song ready. Richie, can you join us in the studio, please? Okay, so tell me about this band that you're playing I'm right sorry
3: now. Sorry, I keep clearing my throat and I'm forgetting about it. Just, I'm in pain.
2: Tell me about this band we're listening to.
3: Oh, this is Devotchka. Um, I don't know. They're like.
2: What is their deal? I, I
3: don't know what their deal is. Like they have played this kind of indie. Musical
2: stuff. I don't know, uh, maybe,
3: I've, never, I've never been able to classify
2: them. It's, it's okay. It's, I guess it's not really apocalyptic sounding to me, though. I mean, it's it's sort of it's sort well, of foreboding. The
3: chorus too, it's the,
2: the chorus goes, "You already
3: know how this will end." And
2: this is kind of creepy. A okay, you know what this sounds like? This totally sounds like the music they they would use underneath, like some sort of like a six-minute extended online trailer for the new Lost. Everything will be revealed.
3: Ah, Seamus sent me the numbers. It's 4, 8, 15, 16,
2: 23, 42. Uh-huh. Somebody's less shiny I than she thought. so
3: less shiny than I thought.
2: Uh, but no, this is totally the music. that chorus right there? They'd be playing that as it's like Sawyer and Kate, like, running from a fireball or something. And it's, you know, and then on the screen, like... Everything will be known.
3: Oh my God! I'm so excited for tonight.
2: Well, here's the thing about oh, it's a tomorrow, huge Sarah. Huge
3: episode tonight. Huge. Oh, you huge. know they're all
2: huge, but see that's such a lie. No, no, they're no, all no. huge Frick. episodes.
3: No, no, no. Tonight, all up.
2: will be revealed.
3: It has been building up because they're taking all the people who got off the island. Now they all have to go back, so they finally just rounded up all the people who are in the city, um, in LA, and they're bringing them back to the island. Oh.
2: I did sound like Shania. I am voice number three. And, and you know, here's the thing. You know that uh, I am no one to step in anybody else's fandom. Uh, you know, I'm a big, I'm a big nerd. Uh, so I get it's fine. I told. And you know what? I'll go so far as to say this. I was actually thinking about this the other day. Um, I was thinking about about you and me and Lost and that whole, you know, Lost in four hours, Lost in ninety <laughs> seconds, Lost in seven minutes and four seconds, Lost in pie, whatever. And. They were kind of going back and forth and trying to please everybody with it, but you know what I was thinking and then i it, I had like a little a little tiny like like sweet moment of, of happiness thinking about this, thinking about the, you being so into lost and that just that it is kind of great because it's, it, because it's like this whole sort of quasi argument about something that is so fantastic because it's like this really like navel gazing geekdom which is which is wonderful, which mm. is like the hallmark of of which is like the hallmark of so much of the stuff that we do anyway, and like the, the stuff that you know that you know that, that we are just sort of consumed by so it really is great uh, that we were having this big debate over how much time to spend on Lost because you and Paddock want to sit there and go to... But uh, do you think that Sawyer's constant that is really called? the guy from the time travel when they blew up the hatch and... You the, know
3: one of the terms, you know, constant. But that's
2: only. the bit... I don't know what they mean. It's just like... But it's like when... it's we're like right when, when they're time traveling, if they
3: don't know where their constant is, then they'll be lost in time.
2: See, but do you ever step back and realize... And maybe you were always this way and it's just now coming out. But do you ever step back and realize exactly how much... Sometimes, uh, like when, when you're here, how much you do sound like...
9: Shiny, a slang term for great use
7: in
2: the television series Firefly and the movie Serenity. Which I mean in the best way. Totally,
3: I do, because when I like something, I start talking really fast and kind of slurry. Yeah, but
2: mm-hmm. it's especially about, like, time travel. And, like, uh, and magical. An Seriously, I mean, it's like the Lost is a... Lost is essentially just Battlestar Galactica. I mean, that's the thing. You've got to know. It's
3: totally dorky. It's, it's just it's sci-fi. There's smoke monsters, and they're like, love triangles. And it's a
2: whole bunch of, like, strung-together pseudoscience gibberish mm. that, that doesn't really add up to anything doesn't in the end. Doesn't
3: make any
0: sense whatsoever. But you're talking
2: like, no, 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 because then Baltar can't be a Cylon, even though he was appearing to Gaeta before the firing squad, even though it looked like it was filmed through a soft-focus lens, which made me think that Baltar might have been an unrevealed Cylon. And oh my god,
3: that's exactly in, what I saw. was like, like, well, do you think that that's his mother? Do you think that perhaps that's Annie? Or did right. Annie get killed in the cleansing for the Dharma Initiative when Ben killed everybody? I don't know what's going
2: on. See, and you could be making stuff up right now and I wouldn't even know. All right. Well, in any event. Hello, Richie Bristol. How are you? Hello. I don't Hi, even know Richie. why we brought Richie in. Okay, so Richie. We're going to
3: talk about the, the rave.
2: So, yeah, oh. we got a couple things. I just want to start remembering to get to some of this stuff with you. But before we do <laughs> that, just so for tomorrow, here's what's coming up tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow we have. What is tomorrow? Thursday? Tomorrow David Walker will be in the studio with us. Uh, we will also talk to Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. He got bumped for it today. We'll do that tomorrow. Uh, we will also give away another two pair of tickets to Oscar Night America 2009. We will have lost in 403. 408. 408. Uh, see, sometimes I think you're screwing with me. and You're changing it because you know I don't remember. <laughs> no, I
6: 489. didn't. 489.
2: Uh, we will have lost in 408 with Chris Paddock and Sarah Dillon tomorrow. But then. Peter Carlin from the Oregonian, who is also a Lost enthusiast, he will join us at 2 o'clock tomorrow. So you'll get like double the Lost. Double see, the Lost. And this is not a, this is a preemptive. All ridicule. you
3: people who don't
2: like it. See, I was, was going to go the other way.
3: Listen. I <laughs> was,
2: like was going to go toward the haters, you know, the, who hate people who, have, who don't want to hear about Lost. Here's the thing. You all uh, can just uh, deal with it. You're going to get twice as much. And then also the people who think that I don't give it enough time, you can just eat a full bag of it because tomorrow we're getting actually Lost in two wholly separate segments of the program. Yay. So tomorrow there's probably going to be like 12 minutes of Lost Talk, all told. So
3: Hot dog. Anyway. It's a good day.
2: List of things we need to talk about with Richie, not today but soon. We never got to this rave business, Richie and the rave. I know,
3: I feel like, well, since it's, come, since it's down to the three of us now, I feel like Richie doesn't get a lot of studio time anymore. That's that true. that sucks, because he's hilarious. He's
2: back there, uh, back there doing things for the people. So we'll talk about that, and then um, we've got uh, the Oscar in America thing coming up Sunday, and I know Richie's having some sort of a, are you having a shoe crisis or something? Yeah, have you not know. been
3: practicing in your heels?
2: I haven't done that. I don't got a wig. I need makeup. I need fingernails. And I don't got a wig and I need my fingernails. My
3: eyebrows have
9: a bunch of glue on them and I, I'm, all, I'm a wreck.
3: I'm going to get my nails done tomorrow. I'm going to shopping tonight,
9: me. though.
2: You right. want to get your nails did? Mm-hmm. Oh, what color? We'll match. Okay. Come on, honey. what color? Bye, Rick. Okay. Oh, I heard oh, I Oh, shows poorly there. I'm sorry. That's from me to everybody. We want to thank Dave Schmitke for joining us today. Also, Katie Darrell from TMZ. Uh, we also want to thank senior radio correspondents Jim Rube, Lisa Desjardins, and Steve Kastenbaum. Rick Emerson, show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah Stillen for AM 970. The talker the newsroom. Uh, it is Dave Schmitke. And the phone's Richard Bristol, the gatekeeper. Dave's in. The web mistress. Bridget from upstairs. And, of course, CBS Radio Portland marketing guru, Susan Donuck with me. Reynolds, like us uh, uh, next. Uh, Michael show at 7, Henry at 11. See you all tomorrow at 10 for the recap. 11 for the show. Bye now Watch you think
9: Shiny, a slang term for great use in the television series Firefly and the movie Serenity.